Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Recorded live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Matrix Discussion Group Call here for Tactical Sovereignty. This is Brian, and we've got a friend with us, Donald, here tonight. And it's going to be an interesting topic. And uh, like I open this show with every week, you know, um, beautiful Sunday today for our call. This is the first day of the week, not the seventh day, not the Sabbath. And that is a topic everybody needs to get into and research and comprehend. Um, but anyway, uh, we were just chatting prior to starting the recording, so I think we'll just pick up from where we're at. And because this is one of the things that most people are always dealing with um, and having a struggle over is how to deal with the internal revenue service <clears throat> and the problems that, that people face with getting uh say their bank accounts um, seized or they're, they're getting hit on their paychecks, getting chunks taken out. And it's like, you know, people are always talking about, you know, correcting our position with U.S. Inc. or whatever powers that may be. And this is the one power that definitely hits everybody every spring. And so it, it's an issue that um, people are faced with, don't know how to deal with, and they come back and say, okay, but what are we doing about this? So, and that's exactly what we were just talking about a little bit ago. So um, I'll turn the podium back over to Donald. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, so we were discussing uh, the international public notice for IRS uh, human trafficking and trafficking in persons. And uh, they have uh, anybody that purports themselves to be a government body are supposed to protect the individual because of the individual is not protected, and society in that area is not protected at all. And that's the number one job of anything that purports to be a government. So you got to hold their feet to the fire. And uh, there was a whistleblower called uh, Magnitsky in Russia, and he was blowing the uh, whistle on uh, corrupt uh, mortgage fraud and uh, uh, bank fraud, and they murdered him. So... They came out with a global Magnitsky law, and many countries adopted it, including this country. So we used that and reported the IRS human rights violations to Trump, the Secretary of State, and the U.S. Treasury. And this is the international public notice letter that went out. It's titled uh, IRS Human Rights Violations. The, uh, hey, Donald, if I may. Yeah. Um I just uh, want you to clarify something because, you know, people that maybe are listening live to this call right now or listen to it again in the future, and you make a statement that um, that's what this country adopted. Well, you and I know what we're talking about, but the average uh, man or woman out there is going to have no clue what we mean when we say this country. You want to qualify that? Right. Uh the 
original country, the uh, War of Independence, and then it was taken over later, and then it had to be uh, reestablished again by a chain of title for the original uh, Articles of Confederation before it got polluted and uh, took over by the uh, groups such as, for example, the the, uh, the Masonic court that went sideways with the Masons. And uh, when they went sideways, they uh, decided to violate the uh, rules of uh, the Constitution that said that it had to be unanimous vote of the original uh, states or any change to the original Constitution to occur. So when they brought delegates out, supposedly delegates, depends on their background, you'd have to do the research. We found a lot of that's phony baloney. They weren't really delegates. But by uh, 1787, they couldn't get enough uh, states together, so they tried again in 1789. And that by that time, they had enough corrupt uh, people to get involved, so they held a convention a grand convention, and that didn't even work out. Even though it had armed guards keeping people in privacy, and even though they did not allow the minutes of the meeting to occur that Madison had written down for 50 years till they were all dead, so nobody knew really what was going on. It was all held in top secrecy. But they uh, they violated the Constitution immediately when they got inside and decided to adopt their own rules of convention, and that's when they came out with a, a, a so-called new constitution, which violated their uh, so-called authority as delegates in the first place because they were not to adopt the rules of convention. They were to only conform to the rules of the original constitution. So whenever we talk about government, you got to hold their feet to the fire because <clears throat> they're supposed to be about protecting the individual right even though if you know they're not a government, you still can hold their feet to the fire and treat them with penalties of the international law. <clears throat> That's why we used the global key law and stuck it in there, because we're whistleblowing basically on the IRS. So let's see what they do with it. And this is what the letter says. The Federal Alcohol, Administ Federal Alcohol Administrative Act was declared unconstitutional in 1935. So was most of the New Deal and stuff like that. Some of this stuff I'm going to paraphrase that's not in the letter, just to educate people a little bit. That was during the Roosevelt uh, terms. That was two years after the Bankruptcy Act. And the uh, operation thereafter was moved offshore to Puerto Rico. Now, you might ask, why Puerto Rico? Well, there was the Spanish-American War, and when the Spanish uh, uh, joined in the uh, accords for the Treaty of Paris, they uh, gave as a war prize to the U.S. Inc., Puerto Rico, Guam, and some of the islands and stuff out there, and Cuba was given its own independence at the time. That's why they chose Puerto Rico. It was a war prize. The name of the Bureau of Internal Revenue was changed thereafter to the Internal Revenue Service in 1953. Then the IRS division called the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms was seemingly separated on June 6, 1972. The solid link between the Internal Revenue 
Service and the Department Treasury, Puerto Rico Division, was first published in the September 1995 issue of Veritas Magazine, based on research by William Cooper and Wayne Benson. Many people remember William Cooper because he was kind of a whistleblower and he was killed in his own, uh, on his own property by police. The evidence against the IRS is overwhelming and comes from years of innocent victims who have reported and testified to the crimes brought upon them, only to be forced to run circles in courts and spend what little they had left to struggle to try and find a speck of justice. One example is TTV founder Catherine Engelbrecht. <clears throat> she founded True the Vote, TTV. All evidence continues to indicate that IRS is simply an offshore private trust for the Federal Alcohol Administration, which we all know was declared unconstitutional. The offshore scheme for human trafficking or trafficking in persons was simply to use documents to transfer citizens of the United States, lower T, United States of America, to United States citizens. Using these slightly different terms causes the change of character, status, and standing. IRS asset seizure, civil forfeiture, in the United States, also called civil asset forfeiture or civil judicial forfeiture or occasionally civil seizure, is well known to be a violation of due process. And when any court is involved, it is a war crime. See the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. One case law, for example, uh, shows uh, the uh, de facto here. State of Iowa versus Pinckney, case number 61727-1979. On the opinion of the court, it is apparent that Pinckney's de facto responsibilities were considerable. In practice, his superiors delegated to him a wider latitude for the exercise of discretion than in any is accorded some public officers. The difficulty is that a public office is not created by practice. A controlling question is whether Leslie D. Pinckney, a liquor proprietor's manager for the Iowa Beer and Liquor Control Department, was a, quote, public officer. Within the meaning of 739.10 and 739.11, which is the code, the code of 75, if not, charges against various defendants will not stand. The trial court held that Pinckney was not a, quote, public officer, unquote, and we agree. Written by Justice Harris. Then we put the remedy in, the sanctioning of the IRS and its holding is decided by the President, the Department of the Treasury, and the Secretary of State. And it's signed PAGs across America, private attorney generals, and we put our website in. And we did get a response that the letter is being reviewed. We'll send out a second international public notice this month. And then we'll do another one uh, if they don't uh, come back with something else in honor. And we'll send the, the final, third and final notice and go into default after that next month. So it'll be at 90 days of international law. 
So that's what we're doing. And uh, kind of like whistleblowers, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Now, uh, what office was that sent to? Uh, sent one to Trump, one to the Secretary of State, and one to the U.S. Treasury. So. <clears throat> okay. And uh, anybody who doesn't know what a PAG is, it uh, was uh, done by uh, Bobby Kennedy, the younger brother of John F. Kennedy, when he was the head of the Department of Justice. And he created the office of the PAGs for the common man. It's a common right to bring suit. You can go through the uh, Department of Justice and do a case through their uh, rules and procedures. Or you can do your own case and win your own case and then petition for the fees uh, through the Department of Justice if you can't get the courts to uh, give you uh, a proper uh, payment due for winning a case. Just as an attorney would, uh, you would use a compatible attorney fee. Usually they charge anywhere from $20,000 retainers plus court costs plus the cost of their office. That's interesting. You know, I I really didn't realize that uh, Bobby Kennedy had a hand in any of that. Do you have any additional info regarding that? Uh, well, there would have been additional information if they didn't murder him. <laughs> right. He just got started, you know, like, you know, they just got started uh, doing their thing when they decided to kill him off. Well, uh, you know, it seems like any situation like that, the case with Bobby Kennedy or with JFK or, let's say, the, the World Trade Center, I mean, it, there's always, like, multiple purposes. It, it, it solves two or three problems that they have. It seems like they never really do anything to take care of one issue. It, it's kind of always a win-win situation. You know, like with the World Trade Center, um, uh, there were bonds that were coming um, to cure that, that day regarding um, Russia and things that were happening there that the Bushes had invested in. And at the same time, they, they had all that tainted asbestos in the World Trade Center, and it was just going to be way too expensive to replace all that stuff, you know, and among other reasons that that, that situation happened. So it, it seems like whenever... Um, one of these so-called false flag attacks or whatever happened, it, it kind of helps them in two or three or more arenas. You know, I guess uh, on the side, in the situation of Bobby, that's definitely one arena that it helped them in because it helped prevent the people from learning the real power that they had. Yeah, and uh, like you say, their modus operandi is always the same. It's... Uh create a problem and then uh, present the cure like the flu stuff uh, Keith was discussing that in 1933 during the bankruptcy Rockefeller Institute funded the research on bringing back the pandemic flu that killed millions and they, I guess they dug up a corpse from that era and took some skin samples and uh, reconstituted the flu and, and tried to figure out how to uh, spread it and they started using pigs uh, they'd uh, use a 
pigs that they uh, contaminated with the a pandemic flu, and then they would uh, take and uh, take swabs or whatever and, and put it on healthy pigs, rub it on their, their nose and get them sick too. So the question is, why would you want to try and figure out the best way to spread something? And uh, why would you bring something back from the grave and bring it back and study it? And the the reason is you can uh, get all these people sick and then offer them a cure. And that's all about money again. It's got nothing to do with human uh, consciousness of good uh, behavior. It's all about greed and uh, killing people off. Because nothing's scary. Right. Nothing's going to scare you more than watching your neighbor uh, uh, stand there and kill over from a, a virus. Yeah, yeah, and you see things uh, in the news today. You know, people going into the hospital for a checkup or whatever because they've got the flu and they want to go see the doctor, and the next day they're dead. You know, and that's actually called the Hegelian dialectic, is problem reaction solution. And that, that, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, you mentioned they, they can turn around and then offer a cure. Well, you know what? They don't even offer a cure. They offer a Band-Aid is all they offer. Yeah, you're correct. I used the wrong term, but they still they still promote it as if it is a cure. And we know it's not. All it is is a, uh, a way to uh, put, oh, good Lord knows what, into your system. Well, even if the flu shot was supposed to work the way they claim that it works, you know, I had to laugh. I was at work the other day, and somebody said that they took their kid to one of the pharmacies to get a flu shot, and they were all sold out. They didn't have any of the shots left. And they went to, uh, like, another one went to CVS, and then they went to, like, three or four different places. Everybody was sold out, and they were like, well, this is the flu season, you know. Everybody's coming, getting their shots. We've got to wait for our next shipment to come in. And it's like, wait a minute. These doctors, even these pharmacists, these pharmacists go through some serious training as far as college goes. And they know the truth. And I don't understand why. Well, yes, I do. But, you know, it's frustrating that they don't explain this to people. And it's not on the 5 o'clock news like the whole go get your flu shot thing is. And that is, if it works the way it's supposed to work, that actually, if you're going to get a flu shot, you don't get it at the beginning of the flu season. You should get it three or four months earlier because that's how long it takes for your body to build up those resistances that are needed when the potential problem arises. Right, and I don't recommend anybody get a vaccination shot whatsoever. I recommend they use natural remedy and holistic medicine and meditation and keep themselves uh, as clean as possible, wipe things down, sterilize uh, everything that you uh, think might have been touched by somebody that was sick or whatever, wear gloves if you have to, because of, uh, like you say, it is the season, so it's a good, you know, way to keep yourself from catching it from somebody else is cleanliness. How's the saying go? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, the story with the Black Plague. I think it was in New York. And a lot of the people at that time were blaming the Jews for the Black Plague because none of them were dying from it. 
but what they didn't realize is you go and look at the Jewish customs as far as like washing your hands before you eat. That's not something that was really pushed at the time among people. And, you know, eating certain ways and not eating certain things. And so that's why they were actually not being affected from the Black Fire. It had nothing to do with them creating it or anything like that. They just lived a lifestyle that prevents issues from, like that from affecting them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of old-school uh, remedies for uh, taking care of viruses and germs, and it's like uh, slicing a red onion in half and placing it in the corners of the house to help absorb uh, germs. And, uh, of course, you uh, get pure honey, add it to your uh, diet because it will boost your immune system, and honey never goes bad. It never spoils. Also, like we were talking about, the drops with the alkaline pH waters and the mineral water with the uh, trace minerals that uh, we were talking about for the uh, ANU. Yeah, yeah, I use that daily. I use that daily. In fact, I had somebody at work come up to me yesterday, and uh, his wife is a nurse. And he said, yeah, and this guy isn't somebody that generally sparks up conversations with me. So he was fishing for something. And what he was wanting was the name of something that he heard me and somebody else talking about a couple of years ago. And that was Willard Water. And he said he'd gone to the doctor because, you know, he knows a lot of people right now are having like this persistent cough they can't get rid of and things like that. But he didn't think that was the problem he was having. Uh, so he went to the doctor and they did an allergy test on him and they came back and they said, well, you're allergic to different strains of grass, like Bermuda grass and things like that. And he's like, I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do about it. Uh, what they prescribed me is going to cost me $70 a month to take. And I said, oh, you want to know about Willard water? He's like, yeah, that's it. I remember that. And I said, yep, that's what you want to get Willard water. Because I, I started taking it just out of curiosity with some of the benefits to it. And, um, I, growing up, always thought I had hay fever, although we always had cats around the house. And what ended up being, I think, is that I was allergic to cats and just a cat dander. Because when I started taking the willard water, all of a sudden I noticed that a friend of mine had a cat. And if I even touched that cat, I had to wash my hands right away. Otherwise, if I touched my face afterwards, my eyes would swell up. It would be hard for me to breathe. There would be constraints. Uh, my respiratory system, and all of a sudden that was totally gone. And in fact, now I've got quite a few cats around my house now, and I have absolutely no problem and no issues with it. And I think that was from the willard water. But I strongly recommend the trace mineral drops because that is really what's lacking in the water that people are consuming today. I'm glad you brought that up. Right, and uh, and another, another good is those bioplasma tablets with the 12... Uh... Cell uh, salts. Now I've not seen or used any of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those got the uh, twelve uh, basic uh, world minerals uh, in the bottle. So, it's about well, you know, as I say, I started using the uh, trace mineral drops uh, listening to Dr. Joel Walt, and um, he wrote uh, the book "Dead Doctors Don't Lie." Very good information. And he went and he was looking at where in the world people lived the longest. And it was in areas where they were getting more trace minerals in their water. 
and the foods that they were growing in the ground were also using that same water as well. And then going back and looking at the water that is provided to people today, yeah, it's got plenty of fluoride in it, but as far as some of the trace minerals that are needed, that's void from our diet. Yeah, and the fluoride. And that's what. And the fluoride we speak. Yeah, and the fluoride we speak of is not the good fluoride that, that they're uh, talking about when dentists and stuff are talking. There's two different definitions of fluorides, and uh, there's a good fluoride, and then there's the chemically industry industrial toxic fluoride. And the one they put in our tap water is the bad, toxic industrial fluoride made by factories. Not the natural right. good fluoride. Right. And those factories that produce it uh, were originally started by, you know, who? It was, it was Rockefeller. And, you know, who started up the American Medical Association? Rockefeller. You know, who started educating people as far as medicine? In the first colleges, it started teaching medicine and creating what we know of as doctors today. It was the Rockefeller Foundation. And the uh, Hippocratic Oath went to the wayside. Right. And so now you're going back to the Hegelian dialectic, okay? Uh, problem, reaction, solution, where he's got these factories. It's producing this horrible byproduct that <clears throat> if anybody's ever been around him and been behind one of the trucks leaving the factory, you see the big skull and crossbones on the back of the truck. You know what I mean? Well, you follow that truck. Where's it going to? It's going to the toothpaste factory. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, if you if you call the person that runs the water supply, and uh, the well, the well houses are pretty much being outlawed. They don't want you digging up and getting your own uh, spring water from the ground. They got to go onto the tap system. You got to be on the grid. You got to be. You got to be attached to their uh, uh, utility systems. You, know, you can't go solar unless you hook up to their system. Uh, anything that you try to do to be independent, as the people used to be. Because that's all you used to have to do is is run a windmill or. Uh, a solar panel back in the day when they first came out, and you were off the grid. Not anymore. They they go after you as hard as they can to get you on that grid. Uh, they'll they'll uh, condemn your home just because it's not on the grid. They won't even inspect it. They'll say, "Oh, you're not you're not hooked up to utilities or anything. Oh, you're violating code," and they'll put a condemn sticker on your home until you can't live in it. It's too dangerous for your own safety. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, there was a woman in Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, people could probably Google it and easily find it or whatever search me engine you like using. Um, and she, her house, she wasn't going to hook it up to the city water and she wanted to use solar and stuff like that. And that's what they did. They're going to condemn her house and throw her out. Yep. Yep. I had a crazy judge down here in Alabama. He was talking to the guy was off the grid because they condemned his home and t- told him and his uh, his common-law wife that they, they couldn't uh, go in the house. They'd have to arrest him for their own safety. That uh, maybe someday you'll join our society. I'm like, this. <laughs> yeah, this guy's an ex-Marine, served, served and uh, uh, did all these things, you know. 
and they treat yeah. them like yeah. You know, they, they treat them like you, some type of uh, two-headed person from Mars. And why don't you uh, join our society? And I'm, I'm listening to this recording of this judge talking to him like he's some type of an alien from another planet or something. Why don't you join our society? <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know, that's one of the things that really pisses me off. I mean, they talk about joining our society. Well, if you look at the listings of people that the government is most worried about, you know, you'll see Christians at the top, but you also see um, veterans on there as well. It's like, gee, why are they afraid of veterans? You know, the, the people who have gone over and supposedly, you know, fought to preserve democracy or freedom or whatever you want to call it that they're trying to tell us it is here in America, that they're trying to project a way of life here and given their lives because so many of them are dying because of this. And, you know, you look at the whole housing debacle that happened and now their ashes are being shipped back, you know, or the bodies being shipped back. And the, the parents don't even have a mantle over their fireplace to set those ashes on anymore because their house has been foreclosed on, taken away by the banks that, their son or daughter were overseas fighting to protect. That just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want to say, join our society? <laughs> right. One of the largest utility providers uh, in this country is the Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA. And when they first uh, contracted to uh, change the uh, ecosystem of the valley down here and dam up stuff, change the flow of rivers to get their... Uh, uh, generators going through hydroelectric electric plants, they guaranteed all the people down here uh, in the uh, Tennessee Valley area, incorporating several of the state's areas out here, that they would never pay for utilities again. They just wanted to use the, uh, the power to do uh, that dark water research for military purposes. And the only people that would have to pay for the uh, utility lines and poles to set up electric would be the corporations, such as Sears and Roebuck and stuff like that back in the day. And uh, they would pay for all the uh, lines and poles for everybody, and uh, they would be the only ones that would be charged for the use of electricity would be the big corporations. So what happened? Well, by the the 19... uh, 20s and uh, after the war they uh, decided to uh, turn people into corporations didn't they yep (laughs) so they did there you go I remember a few years back um, reading some things I think it was in a paper or on TV and uh, the concern that was being raised was that uh, corporations were being given the status of person. And what shocked me and blew my mind is like, wait, wait a minute here. You're worried that corporations are being given the status of person. Well, you know, you've got to look at anything written in legalese or whatever. You've got to read it forwards, backwards, and what they say and what they don't say. I mean, you've got to really pay attention to that stuff. Because the problem wasn't that they were giving corporations the status of person the problem was that they were given persons the status of corporation people seem to miss that aspect of it and they, they still do today but I think more and more people are waking up to the fact and starting to see 
how the wolves kind of unfold over everybody's eyes. Yep. Well, I got to back out of here. I got to get ready for work. All right. That's fine. Appreciate you coming on, down. And uh, when I mentioned this call uh, in a couple different places, I said I was probably going to be talking about some things that might piss some people off. So I guess I could go into that now. And it's good to see that actually there's action being taken. And uh, the internal revenue service needs to respond and reply that they've now been noticed and it's time for them to answer. Well, uh, Trump did declare January as human trafficking uh, battle. <laughs> well, and it's funny that uh, Donald Trump all of a sudden is starting to talk about the human trafficking aspect of things. And it, it gets so much deeper. It's really the trafficking of persons. Right. I'm I'm hoping we had something to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think there was. I kind of think there was. Because for just out of the blue, all of a sudden, he started bringing that up. I mean, he, I didn't follow his campaign really closely, so I don't know if he was talking about that during his campaign. I never noticed anything in his campaign about human trafficking. Uh, it was just like, hey, here a couple months ago, all of a sudden, bang, he's starting to hit on that topic. All right. Well, thanks for the time, and uh, uh, we'll holler at you later. Absolutely, Donald. We'll talk to you. I'll see you in tomorrow night's meeting. Right. Have a good evening. Be blessed. God bless. Bye-bye. Anyway, you know, one of the things that I want to get into and what has really brought everybody to the point that we are at now, um, everybody wants to point at government and this and that and a lot of it's a bunch of fear-mongering stuff, but it, it goes really so much deeper than that and digs right into the whole family cycle and situation as well and, and the way people have been raised. You know, people are essentially in fear the most of two different things. Well, man, anyway. And I, when I say man, I mean men, males, are, are generally in fear of two major things. One is the government. Uh, the second one is, well, people would say their wife, but um, their God. And I guess uh, women could be looked at in the same way. W- women are also not only in fear of government, but they're, they're in fear of their God, their creator, whatever power is that out there is spiritually really in control of things. And I really think that that is where the wall really started being pulled over everybody's eyes at. And the state picked up on what was being done by the church. And when I say the church, I mean the Vatican. And when I say the Vatican, I also mean Christian, because so many people equate Christianity with Catholicism. And to me, it really couldn't be further from the truth, but what was passed down and what you learn when you really see the things that the church had done was a way strategically to keep control. Everything is always about control. I don't know why humans are such control freaks, but they are. They're control freaks. And they're not just control freaks, but they also want a feeling of status of superiority. 
that's exactly what the church has done. Is it claimed a status of superiority? Uh, the Pope claims to be the vicar of Christ. You know, he is Christ incarnate here on earth in the flesh. Um, that's just total craziness and BS. And then also, I guess if someone was Catholic and you're taking communion at church, uh, uh, they also claim that that wafer is turned into the body of Christ. So I don't know. Are you eating the Pope? You know, when you have communion at church, I don't know. But it all really came down to an element of control. And I went to um, a non-dominational school, a Christian school my entire life. I've never spent one minute in a public school. Thank goodness. But uh, there was a lot of things that wasn't taught to me there that really should have been. And I've kind of had to learn on my own. And now hopefully I can share with others and they can take it to order this sort of leader. But it's the element of control is what it all boils down to. And the, the church had to keep you believing that you were born into a status of sin. Uh, sin can also be equated with debt. You owed something. There was something wrong with you. Um, I, I think if people didn't feel like there was something wrong with them, then there probably wouldn't be any psychologists or psychiatrists in the world today as well uh, because everybody's afraid of what's wrong with them. Why am I thinking differently? Or what's affecting me? And so the, the, the church needed people to feel like you were born into sin. There was an original sin. And I've thought this way my entire life as well, even though it was, you know, say maybe Protestant churches or evangelical churches that I attended when I was growing up. But that was taught there as well. They were still teaching the Vatican doctrine. And I've always had a struggle with that. It never made any sense to me. Because if we are born with a spark of divinity... Uh, if if you go, you know, if you're born with the spark of divinity, then how can you be born into sin? Um, if you go and look at the book of Thomas, which was not included in the King James Version, which, yeah, go figure. And the king is going to hand down, oh, this is the religion you guys can follow? Which, that, that should be a red flag right there in itself. But when you look at that original sin, and then you go and equate that over to the state and look at what the state has done. And in the creation of the birth certificate, they use the people as the surety for the national debt. Because that's how long time ago uh, I was reading things about the richest nations of the world. Hey, I'm thinking, wait a minute. What makes one government richer than another government? What do governments own? Oh, guess what they own? Uh, They claim the people. And not just the people, but they've also claimed everything that is produced by those people as their property. Because all that stuff gets uh, registered or set up through the government in order to be legitimate, supposedly. Air quotes, legitimate. And so the state has taken the same principle that the church has taken and used it against the people. 
and saying that we are over you. You owe this or that to us. And people really need to look at that. And I think think about that really carefully. Think about that really closely. Because so much of it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, here about a year ago, if you looked at as uh, published in a medical uh, magazine out of England, where they showed the time where the sperm and the egg met, um, where that little gap was created at, and there was a spark, there was a light burst that went off right there. I mean, to me, that blew my mind. I was like, holy smokes, there it is right there. You know, how can something from the man and the woman come together and create new life and have a burst of light be created when that zygote is created? It's the spark of divinity right there. And like I was mentioning the Book of Thomas, that was left out of the scripture. In a script, and, and you're going to read that, and it's nothing really but just a lot of quotes from Jesus or Yeshua, whatever you want to call him. And he talks about God. He talks about the Creator, and he says, "You want to find God? You want to see God?" And he said, "Split open a piece of wood, you'll find God. Look at a blade of grass, you'll see God. Feel the wind blowing on your face. That's God." He's everything. He's omnipotent. He's encompassing everything. That's why there is no name for our creator or for our God. God is a generic word. There's many gods. Um, Even in scripture, one of the commandments is take no other God before me. Oh, wait a minute. Well, if you can't take another God before our creator, then that means there's other gods out there. There's multiple gods. That is just a generic word. And I think in order for you to find your God and learn your God, that has to be done from within you. That needs to be inside you. That's where you're going to find out where the real power lies at. That power that says that these things I have done and you will do greater. That's where it really lays. And people don't realize that. And that it just kind of bugs me. I keep seeing this word God going around all the time, and it's like, it's generic. It's a generic word. You've got to specify. And when this country was created, it was supposed to be have been created as one nation under God. Okay, what God? Well, if you look at different societies, uh, governments, countries, uh, when they're put in place, uh, different rulers take over, um, one of the first things that always happens, it seems like there is like an art renaissance that always happens when a new country is put in place. And they'll put up statues and paintings of their gods. Well, they'll walk around Washington, D.C. and try and find a statue or painting or any architecture of this so-called god that this one nation was created under. Because what you're going to see is a lot of mythological and Greek gods. Because there are multiple gods. And 
this country doesn't want to tell us what God it is that they're created under. Uh, we know that the majority of the founding fathers of the country, not my fathers, but fathers of the country, or for U.S. Inc., uh, were Masons. And you get into the Masonic stuff and dig in there and read and research, you'll find what God was that they were following. Because they weren't following the God that you're taught about in, in Sunday school, that's for sure. So anyway, just to sum it up, that's one of the things I really want people to stop and think about. You know, don't live in guilt in your life thinking that you were born into sin. No, you were born with a spark of divinity. You were born as a clean being. If you can have a relationship with God, with your creator, whatever his name may be, you know, even in scripture, it says that you are not to dwell with unlike beings. You're not to dwell with the other sinners. You know, if you're going to hang out with thieves, guess what you're going to be? You're going to be a thief. The two don't mix. You can't hang out. You can't commingle. And so why would our creator be part of our life from the time of inception if we were born into sin, if we were born being bad, if we were born being evil? Uh, I'm sorry, if, if we were supposedly born of the original sin, that means we are born evil. Do you really think you're born evil? I don't think I'm born evil. I don't think anybody else is born evil. I think evil aspects can come over people's lives through different choices and bad decisions that they make. Absolutely. But you're not born that way. And even though that we may grow up in bad situations or do bad things as we're young and, hey, we've all been a teenager, you know, that kind of stuff happens. (laughs) You know, uh, for a lot of us, it's looked at as fun, and then we look back at it 20 years later, and I think, oh, God, what an idiot I was. You know what I mean? But that is what Yeshua, what Scripture is talking about. It says repent. It doesn't mean you've got to get rid of this original sin you were born into. No, it means you need to change your ways. The word repent means to change your mind. Repent, to change. And so saying a little prayer or whatever, accepting Christ in your heart, whatever the philosophy you're taught to do tells you to do, isn't going to necessarily change you. You have to repent. You have to change your ways. Men are known by their actions. And if the actions don't change, then the man hasn't changed. I just want people to see that correlation between the state and the church. And that the state picked up on the same thing, claiming everybody as surety, claiming everybody as a debt or even a dredge to society because we owed something. We owed something back to the nation because our legal person is held as surety. And to me, the best way to correct that problem and repent of it is through lawful notice and letting them know who you are and who you are not and what you're following and what you're not following. But that's pretty much all I had to say on that. I'll unmute the lines if anybody wanted to chit-chat or add any 
commentary. I just feel that this is an issue that people need to see. It's being played on us from both ends. Not just from the state standpoint, but it's also played on to from the church's standpoint. If the church is really teaching us what Yeshua was teaching, it would be outlawed because they crucified him. The state state crucified him. And uh, if you're not talking or whatever, or plan on talking, please mute out to get rid of background noise because, like I've said in the past, even if you pass gas, we can hear what's going on in the room you're in. Hey, Brian, if I may. Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey, not much. How's it going? Good. All's going good. Good. My mom's down here from up north, so we've been uh, running around doing stuff together and catching up on things. Um, I got to chit-chat with her about vaccinations, and I guess her and my dad had a big argument over it. My dad actually held some positions uh, working for the state. He worked as a tax collector. He worked as a juvenile officer and other things. Actually, he helped start Big Brother Big Sisters in Northern Michigan. And he did not want me to get vaccinated, period. And mom came from a medical background, and she was like, you know, so she wanted it. But I guess I was able to get the most limited amount of vaccinations possible. And... uh a bunch of the stuff that I was supposed to get for school I didn't get, and they never questioned it, but that was back in the day. So, Anyway, it was kind of fun talking to her about that. What's up, man? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad your mom got to leave these blizzards we've been getting. Uh, seems like we've had about 12 or 13 snowstorms here since winter started, and each one of them has been 10 inches or more. Um you know, here in, in my region, and uh, so I'm glad Mom got to get a break from that and come down to Citrus Land. That's awesome. Um, and that's cool about the vaccines. You're a lucky man. Um, but we were lucky, all of us, because we didn't get but, like, six of them, I think, when, you know, I'm 50. I'll be 59 this year. So I think there was about six shots. We used to get that booster shot you know, every other year or every three years or something. Um, that was a painful one. But uh, anyway, you were talking about the Black Plague. And it's funny, I, I was listening to somebody, I, one, of, <clears throat> one of the alternative Internet radio shows I listened to, I can't remember which one. It was a woman. Um, I'm thinking it might have been Susan Lindauer. Um, you know who that is? That sounds very familiar, yeah. She's a uh, she's an ex-CIA asset who was a whistleblower and got they 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 tried to railroad her and she fought real hard and won, but she's she's hurting now, but anyway, I don't remember if it was her now that I, you know, as I as you were talking and I was thinking about it, but anyway, a woman recently said and she's going to have more information coming out, but they believe that the Black Plague was a, a biochemical weapon because where where do mice come from? They come from ships, right? 
and and they right. the ships come into port and the mice go out looking for food and the mice were carrying the the black plague and the the muslims were the pirates and they had all the ships and the black plague never surfaced again after it it had you know died down um so i hope i hear the whole story coming up but i thought that was interesting that that you mentioned that black plague and and i had just recently it, it had to be this week you know this last week i should say um one of the shows i listened to it must have been last week sometime and i can't remember who the heck it was who said that but she'll be you know, I listen to all the same shows almost every day. So, um, whoever said it will be bringing out more info. And when I find out what it is, I'll I'll bring that to the table. But I'd want to share that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and it seems like you know, with a lot of these plagues and things, vermin and stuff have also uh, been present and carrying those things, and the rats or mice or whatever. And I, I know I worked in a German, but well, actually, I managed a German bar for a while. And we would have all the pewter mugs, but we kept the pewter mugs uh, sitting upside down on a shelf. Because one of the things that also happened in Europe with the Black Flag is that all those pewter mugs, they would hang them from a nail or whatever on the wall. Okay? And at night, the mice and the rats running around in there would be tracking their feces and stuff. And it would get into those mugs that they poured the beer into. So I guess if people think that alcohol kills off everything, well, evidently it doesn't kill off the black plague. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's pretty- yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I think you're right. You know, so many of these viruses and stuff are brought up and used to control populations, whether it's the growth of population or whether it's just to make money off of them. Um, and uh, it was the T-Road show two weeks ago that Donald was referring to, where they're looking back at what really occurred with the flu and that these doctors of the Rockefeller family were and scientists were going in trying to see how it could be spread from one species to another. And it, it also actually went into talking about uh, viruses and that people, even in the medical society, will say that really there's no such thing as a virus as we think of it. It's actually a worm. And I know that sounds kind of creepy, but I, I have studied a lot of stuff on the different worms and things that are caused from them, and it's it's some pretty strange stuff. And so that wouldn't surprise me a bit as well if it isn't just a, a worm that's transmitted. Right. You know, and you were mentioning the Rockefellers and the flu and all that, and, you know, back in the, you know, the Rockefellers were, were key in, in a lot of really crazy movements, you know, back in the early 1900s, and, are you familiar with the Flexner Report? I don't think so. So Rockefeller and Carnegie um, 
teamed up. You know, they owned all the uh, all the pharmaceutical companies back in the you know 1800s, early 1900s, and uh, they hired this guy Abraham Flexner uh, in around 1905-06 to go around and visit all the medical schools, the hospitals, um, the universities. And and he wrote, it's called the Flexner Report. He wrote a report. And that, you know, we had hundreds of different uh, medical modalities, you know, different types of, of medicine being, you know, utilized around the world. You know, osteopathic, homeopathic, naturopathic, uh, you know, chiropractic, uh, um, all many different types. And they humanized all of them except MDs. You know that's that's where that came from, and uh, we're you know we're talking about uh, that Flexner report is what made MDs king today. Um, you should pull that up on the net sometime. Abraham Flexner. It took him about I don't know three or four years because you know back then transportation was a problem, so it was you know, trains and horseback and, and stage coaches and, you know, a few automobiles and, you know, traveling around the country. And it took several years, but that, that report was very damaging and it, it demonized all medical fields except for the MDs. And those were the ones that used the pharmaceutical drugs. You know, they call it allopathic medicine, reductionist medicine. So, um, and, you know, my wife was mentioning on a call the other night that, uh, you know, her OBGYN, you know, had to get a law degree. Why would it, why would an OBGYN need to practice law? Well, because they practice medicine on us and we're guinea pigs and, you know, um, they need to know the law because, you know, people are starting to wake up and come after these SOBs and, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're able to defend themselves in that bar mafia we call the court system. So I yield. No, no, you're absolutely right. And that is kind of funny that they have to get a law degree. And, you know, that's one of the things that I say to people as well, because they want to know what to do about like forced vaccinations and things like that. And I think anybody can do it. Um, I'm trying to think of the playlists I've got. Um, I am power. Uh, well, what they did regarding the smart meters is that they were sending out notices and putting people in a position of liability for anything that might be caused from that smart meter. All right. Well, and they're having huge success through doing that. And I say, you know, you do the same thing even in a forced vaccination situation, which is, you just write up your own letter, um, give it to whoever's wanting to give the vaccination or force it on you, that basically they can sign that says, I, so-and-so, am fully aware of the side effects of the ingredients within these vaccines and will hold liability for anything that is caused or created or any property that's damaged from these vaccines. And that's short and sweet. Here, you want to sign this? Guess what? They're not going to want to sign it. You know, so you also put a clause in there stating that if they 
do not want to sign it, and they can sign that part of it, you know, that you're not obligated to take that vaccine. Short and sweet, done, deal, over. That's really good. I like that. That was excellent. Thank you. Uh, How's your wife doing, by the way? She's doing great. Thank you. Right, good to hear. Uh, I I think about her and the, the situation, and everything, uh, probably almost every day because I mean, I have so many people that I'm kind of background know things that are going on with them, and it's like, gosh, you know, it's such an evil situation that everybody's been placed into. But the way that I really look at it, and and you look at the courts and what the courts are doing. All they're doing is really enforcing contract law. Okay, they're 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 enforcing the contracts that people have signed. And so what we have to do is we have to find where that contract is, and fix the problem. Period. Or create our own. Uh, too many times we've had contracts put in front of us, and it's kind of a sign it or else. You know, it's a you know at all contract. Well. No contract, even by definition, a contract really can't be unilateral. It's got to come from a meeting of the minds of both parties and be agreed to with both parties. And more often than not, you see that that's never done. It's just something that's put in front of you here, sign up or else. Well, you know what? You should be able to add your own addendum to it and, and change that. And like I said, that's kind of the same thing with the vaccine situation. You know, uh, everybody's cold. Are you cold? You know, you're shivering. No, I'm not cold. I'm not shivering. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, guys. sorry, guys. I was talking to my dog. Yeah, no problem. I'm down here in, in Florida. It's pretty warm down here right now. We're cold as hell up here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you are, and I know the whole time my mom's been down here. I, she looks back at the weather reports and she's like, "Oh my God, I'm glad I'm here right now." <laughs> yep, every home should be equipped with with a whole house generator, solar, wind, and a, a wood stove. Oh yeah, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. Even but, in Florida. Yeah. Even in Florida, because it still gets cold enough down there that you need a furnace. And with it, man, for three hundred bucks a year, I I heat my whole house, man. Well, wood stove. Everybody thinks, well, I don't live up north. Well, yeah, in Florida, it does get cold. But on top of it, also, if you don't have any electricity, a wood stove is also great for cooking. You're gonna have to cook your food Absolutely. somehow. Absolutely. And so you're serving two purposes right there. And. Yeah, and most people don't even think about, like, even the cooking aspect. I, I know growing up, uh, we had a big wood stove <clears throat> on the first floor of the home that my father built. And right above that wood stove, he had a grate in the floor on the second story. That way, all the heat that was being produced there went straight up and also heated the second story. But <clears throat> at the same time, with any kind of uh, heat you're using, natural heat or otherwise, you're going to have a problem with the lack of humidity in the atmosphere of your home. So we kept a big um, 
cast iron pot that had water in it on, on the stove and kept that full. Yeah, we uh, do that too. Way, there, yeah, that way there was always moisture being put back into the air. We also put yeah. uh, essential oils in it and diffuse oil into the house, you know, which which is pretty nice too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. You put a few drops of uh, the different oils in there and stuff, especially uh, oil of oregano is good to put in stuff like that. So you're breathing that in because that helps with respiratory and with catching, like, the uh, quote-unquote common cold or whatever. Yep, that's good advice. But... Anyway, uh, getting back to, I guess, uh, not just with what Donald was talking about tonight and uh, putting the IRS in a position of answering for what's been done, I really want people to look at the aspect of the religions that have been forced on our throats. Because these religions that have been forced on our throats are, are just the same thing that the state is mimicking. It's the position of keeping you in a lower position and feeling like the sinner or the bad person because that way you're going to be looking for somebody else for help when the real help that you need is inside you. Your creator is inside you. Your God is inside you. Um, I remember going to a great aunt's house when I was a child. And she had a picture on her wall of Jesus knocking on the door. And that's the same thing that uh, we've heard over. He's knocking. He's knocking on the door. Are you going to let him in? You know? And it's not, are you going to let him in? He's there. He's already there. But are you going to accept his authority? Are you going to accept him? Are you going to accept? actual natural powers and true spiritual powers to flow through you to affect your life, your lifestyle, your communications, your relationships around you, even your relationships with the state. Hey, it makes a big difference when they know whose side that you're on. They tell you that in the First Amendment. The First Amendment says that Congress uh, shall make no law... um, Regarding establishment of religion. Respecting. respecting. Respecting an establishment of religion. Right. So, guess what? If you've made a choice, guess what? The laws that they write after the First Amendment don't affect you. Those are just for those that are not an establishment. And an establishment, everybody thinks of a church. It's not just a church. An establishment is you. The person, the man, the woman. You are an establishment. Our it's homes. your house. Our homes. As for me and my house, right? That's right. We were listening to the, the Good Samaritan this morning, and, uh, you know, that that teaches that the Good Samaritans were, were people just like you, Brian, teaching the law. That's what the Good Samaritan is, teach law law teachers, you know, experts in the law. The law is the you know, the Lord or the Word or and uh you know, and, and you're teaching that and that that's a good thing. 
Uh, and and that's what's always existed. And the beginning was the word. Period. In the beginning was the law. It doesn't say in the beginning was the legal or in the beginning was the American Bar Association. No. That stuff was set up for people who could not control themselves. And I've got to laugh when I see uh, different riots go on and people get upset over a court case or, or somebody getting shot by an officer that is acting outside his uh, realm of authority. And uh, they're out there burning cars and torching businesses and stuff. And it's like, guys, you're showing right there that you need to be controlled. You're showing right there that you need the legal over you. Because anyone that is lawful would never do any of those things. As long as you are operating in a total lawful standpoint, guess what? You're not going to have to worry about the legal. And especially if the legal has been notified as to whom you serve, do you serve the legal or do you serve the lawful? Well, if you don't notify them that you serve the lawful, well, then they're going to assume that you need uh, the legal looking after you. But to me, a lot of this just boils down to common sense. It's really very simple. People read into things way too much. Uh, if anybody else out there had a comment or anything, uh, speak up. Uh, we could close this out. We've been on for uh, pushing an hour and a half. The recording's been about an hour, but I always like to give people an opportunity to jump in. Hey, yeah, Brian, this is uh, Joseph from uh, Legal Deception. Uh, do you guys do this call every Sunday? Yeah, every Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern. And okay, good to know. There's, yeah, there's over 50 calls posted to this link already. So. Yeah, I've, uh, I've downloaded and listened to quite a few of them already, but I didn't. I don't know. I just I'm just busy. I work a lot, six days a week. I didn't know that you guys had a call every Sunday, so it's good to know. Uh, Joseph, are you the one that posted? Joseph, are you the one that posted the authentication information? Yes, yes. I'm a, a moderator from Legal Deception. All right, cool. Now you know I love seeing people go and pick up a project like that and share it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know why I did that was because when I first got into this and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, it's like I couldn't find, you know, links or resources or and nobody would tell me what to do. They're just like, go get authentication. I'm like, what the hell is authentication, you know? So I figured, and I've had a lot of people, you know, ask me questions about that, and it's like, well, if you make a post like that and upload a file, then that makes it easy for people who really are trying to get their bearings, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, call number six here at this talk show. This talk show is listed at 143321. Uh, people just Google talk show, 143321. Uh, call number six, I went over the authentication process. And oh, yeah, can I also go listen to that. Yeah, well, you know, if you go to your state's uh, authentication web page, they pretty much break it down for you almost every single one of them. They'll tell you you have to get the authentication through the birth state first, 
before you could send it off to the U.S. Department of State for authentication. They won't accept it unless it's already authenticated from your state. But if you just if anyone who just clicks on one of those links for their state, it pretty much breaks it down exactly what you need to do. It's pretty pretty basic. So. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. I kind of know what I'm doing now. You know, it's, I've been into it for a while, so I already got uh, my authentications. Well, I got the first one. I'm sending the off for the U.S. Department of State. I've kind of been BSing on that a little bit. I have a lot going on, but you know, it's it's all this stuff is not as hard as people think. When I first got into it, I felt like I was overwhelmed, and you know, it seemed like an impossible task. But it's not. It's really it's really easy. It's almost just like going to the DMV. It's just a pain in the butt. Right. Well, you know, Joseph, when I first heard about it, I only heard about it in like one or two different spots. And I had to go back and keep re-listening because there's a couple words that I needed that I had missed. You know what I mean? And yeah. And the info really wasn't out there. That's why I did the talk to uh, call number six was to lay it out. And a lot of people say that the authentication is not needed or that you're putting yourself back in the system or da-da. I was like, wait a minute. How can you be putting yourself back in the system when you're already there or your person is already there? That certificate of life birth is the title to that legal entity that they are attaching everything to. That's actually the matrix. If people look up the definition of the word matrix, Matrix means the founding document upon which all others are attached, all right? And exactly. so that founding document that places people, uh, or, or actually what USIC was doing was giving people a entity to use to operate in commerce, okay? But the problem is, is that they hold that original matrix. They hold that document. And you can't have the power over that entity that legal person that you need unless you actually hold the original document and everybody's like oh you'll never get the original da, 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 da. well if you go to 28 usc 1733 that tells you right there that when you get it properly authenticated you are holding an original so you're holding yeah. the original title it's like holding the original title to the car it's the only better guy than that, that can sell your car, it's better than that. The only guy that can, hold, that can do anything with your car is the guy that holds the full title to it, not somebody right. with a photocopy. Right. You know what? This is kind of how I, I like to explain it to people that don't really understand it too well. It's, it's all about trust law, and it's like your uh, the title to your vehicle. You don't have the title to your vehicle. You have a certificate of title. That's the legal title, while the state holds the equitable title. They're the owners. They created a trust relationship and made you a trustee. And so long as you follow their rules and regulations, you can uh, use the car or the truck or whatever it is. But, you know, if if you're uh, speeding or whatever, they could pull you over and take your car because they own it, really. And so getting those authentications, that's, that's what's called a counter deed, and it's equal to actually better than the original is what it is. And so that makes you the equitable owner. That's why you have to go get the authentications on your certificate of live birth or your birth certificate before you go get the name change. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. 
Right. Because then that, right. That, puts it, that, that puts it in the system Joseph, when you go get that. Yeah. Joseph, you mentioned um, counter And people, that was one of those words that I had to go back and listen for and, and, and then go and read, study it to really comprehend the whole situation because people need to know what the definition of a counter deed is. A counter deed is a deed that is uh, done under public or private seal that nullifies or destroys a public deed. Yeah, the the original. Yeah. Right. It, and so, I mean, while while they hold, they're holding the equitable titles of that name, you don't own it. They're just leasing it to you. That's why they call us call us leasees to that name. You know. So when you go get those authentications and you then you go in for the name change, that name change is putting it in the system because you hold the counter deed. Now you're taking the counter deed into to the for the name change. When you get that decree, now it's in the system that you're the equitable uh, uh, change of assignment because it's moving the equitable title over to you so that they don't have uh, any more um, jurisdiction to to hold their rules, regulations, public uh, policies, etc. to you. You know, it puts you over in the private. Now you have all your immunities and whatnot back. So you, we were all born in the yeah. private, but when, when as soon as they did that uh, birth registration with the state registrar, that puts you back over into the public side as a founding uh, child. You know, they're, you're, uh, it puts you back over under the public custody on the public side. That's that's what started the whole thing. So that's where it started is where you got to go back to fix it. Well, and the crazy thing is is you talk about it being put back in the public. The funny thing is, is that being put back in the public is actually being put back into their private system. Yeah, but under the public trust. Right. It's under the public trust in their private system. And that's why when people are going to court and they annoyingly are representing that legal entity, uh, they are doing it in a private venue that they don't have any oath allegiance or anything to and so they are a foreigner there they're a foreigner there because the assignment which is actually the possession of the equitable title hasn't been put back to them yeah right so i mean and when you're on the public side you're you know you're getting screwed it's that's that's why preparation H is the number one selling ointment on the American market. Yep. <laughs> People don't know about it. You know, they don't know about trust law. Trust law is the highest form of law there is. There is none higher and that's how all these agencies are operating in trust. They're creating trust, making us trustees. That's what they did with the Social Security Trust too. That's so the state the state when they did that birth registration they created a trust relationship, which made you the trustee and uh, the legal title owner. So you created a trust relationship, and then they created another trust relationship. The feds did with the Social Security Trust and made you a trustee to that. So that's why, that's how, why you're getting taxed on the state and federal level. The, the Social Security is how they get you on the federal level. Okay, just over here. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, I I gotta get going here. I got I got stuff I gotta do, but it was good talking with you, Brian. I'll definitely be getting on these calls. What what time is it that you do them every uh every Sunday? Seven o'clock. Again. Seven o'clock Eastern. Okay, so that's four o'clock my time. All right, cool. I will definitely uh, start getting on these calls because um, you're definitely on the same page as the guys over there in legal deception. And <clears throat> I mean, I, the more you can spread the word, the better. Because it, it's really that birth registration was where it all starts, and so that's where you got to go to get it fixed. So I'm all. Yeah, absolutely. In, in fact, uh, Trial has been a guest on our calls a couple times. Yeah. So anyway, it was good talking with you. I got to get going though. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and put it on mute, and you can go ahead and finish out the call. So I'll uh, talk to you later. Right, so just, good talking. Yeah, to you have a good night. Have a blessed evening. You too. And hey, you know, it's kind of funny that he brought. Yeah, what's up, man? Um, I have a question regarding the case that is being brought against me. I I know how to tackle the uh, driver's license issue. I've already voluntarily surrendered my license back in North Dakota. I'm currently in Newton, Kansas, fighting the case here. And I I registered my own PMA, you know, entity of one, under the uh, government of the United States of America. So, I mean, I've claimed my legal name in that sort of sense. And I have the uh, motions to dismiss. But my confusion relies on the area of registration because it wasn't my truck that I was driving. I was only given consent to use it that night to help a fellow neighbor to go get some grocery products but they didn't have a vehicle. So I don't know if you know, that will totally apply to me because it wasn't my truck to begin with, but I was given consent to use it. So... But I wasn't on, like, title name or anything like that where, you know, it was considered my personal property. I'm trying to figure out what the prosecutor might come at me with, you know, a defense mechanism in order to be... I'm trying to get prepared for, you know, to give an answer back to him on that. Or if right. I just want to stay on my motions and not say anything. Um, yeah, I would probably just stand on the on the motions, and if you're asked anything, say, you know, have you read my motion? And they're probably going to reply yes, and if if they reply if they reply no, then have a copy of it to hand to them, and that's it. Period. Uh, did right. you listen to the last T roll call? The last uh, what call? The last call on T Row. On T Row? It was like a couple of days ago. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I was never able to find that number. I know it got brought up one time in the uh, American Assembly, but I never wrote it down and they didn't repeat it. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. It's on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube? Is it under the. Yeah. It's under every episode? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, okay. uh, number 58. Number 58? Yeah. But the it, um, the last half of, of that show talks about a court case that was going on. 
uh, and I found it very fascinating because it lays at the heart of all of this. And the defense, basically, to sum it up, um, what this guy was saying, and he was saying, I am not here as a defendant because there is no defense. He said, really, to sum it up, he was saying the difference between what's happening in this courtroom and what would be happening with a burglar walking into my house and, and trying to steal stuff is that you guys have a gun in a jail cell. And you are asking you are asking me to legitimize your position, whereas the burglar doesn't require me to legitimize my position. Or or rather his position. I said, so I cannot stand here and be a defendant because that means I would be legitimizing your position in this case. I, I would recommend going and checking that out. Do you think I should open up with an affidavit uh, like describing that statement there? Uh, you could use info from there, yeah, and, and submit an affidavit with that info in it. Okay. Uh, I've I've been uh, contemplating what I should, because I, I, I have an urge to write an affidavit, but I'm not very experienced in doing so. So I don't want to, you know, come back and hurt myself by doing so. So that's why I'm trying to gain some knowledge and everything here. But well, well, from what the, this gentleman had said in this court case, it, it really put um, the whole system into a corner. It, it, it boxed them in to where if they were to do anything, they were going to act like the burglar coming into your home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. And, yeah, I, I, I just thought it, it was just so hilarious. And this was a case that actually happened back in, I think, like 1950. Somewhere in the 1950s, I think, is when this occurred. And uh, people can find that if you go to YouTube and look at um, Government of the United States of America on YouTube, or you can go to Brian Parker, Factual Sovereignty on YouTube, and uh, you'll find their playlist there as well. It's the... Um, we go in the United States of America, the T Row Show. And that was call number fifty eight. Okay. I'll probably looking over that. How do we get burglars What's that, David? How do we get burglars to wear uniforms like bailiffs? Yeah, right. Well, they're carrying guns. We should give them a badge, too. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than four or five of your wristwatches around their arms. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, if they were in a badge, maybe uh, we'd be more acceptable to the burglar that comes in. Well, maybe, yeah. Mm. But, you know... The best part of this subject matter is the more you learn and the more you know about what's going on, it, even though you already know it, it, it has better meaning. 
You know, it's sort of like meeting with a meeting with a massage. Because I'm writing something on that right now. And it's going to be posted in a page called Derry, London, Derry, New Hampshire Political Forum. And I'm using some of the articles I wrote for the Liberty Beacon uh, to add to it. So what it is, is you know, we have these courts that look like courts. And it says courthouse on it. And they have robes and flags and people with guns and wooden furniture and all that. When really all it is is a big bullshit story. It's McDonald's. And you're walking in. And like you posted somewhere. Uh, it's a church, because that's what it is. It's a Kirk, it's an enterprise. Yep. And, 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 and I think, think of the positive parts about finding yourself, A, on this call, B, in this realm of thinking, is that all of your court problems have suddenly become less stressful. Before you even, I wouldn't even walk in there. I would just immediately start prosecuting. You know, I, oh, the fear I, I do it. Huh? I said the fear is gone. That's the first thing people have to do is they need to lose their fear and realize that whether it's a court system or whatever, that they're no different than uh, Walmart or Target. In fact, they're listed right next to them on the uh, stock exchange. Well, you know, when when they send you something in the mail and Granted, now, follow now. I, I, I hope this makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, then I'm not doing a good enough job explaining. But I'm going to try. We all know, those of us who talk often, who are connected this way on Facebook, we all know about a, 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 a gentleman named Dick Marple. He's an 86-year-old state representative who stood there in the court a couple of times and told the, the jackass on the bench, that you have no jurisdiction, I have the right to travel, I have the right to do what I want, here's this case, that case, that case, this case, on and on and on and on and on. And then here's the beautiful thing. And what I do is I go through the house calendar and I look at every bill. And what you know, Dick Dick Marple's bill came up to committee very recently. And the disposition of the committee who shot it down 13 to 1, they outright said, came right out and said that even though there are court cases and laws and Highway Safety Act, all this stuff, I'm adding to it, and I'm telling you that I'm adding to it, so beware. But it boils down to about four different ways that they admitted that they have to keep people coming in for licenses and registration because they didn't come up with them an alternative form of making up for the missing budget. Okay? You know what that means? If you know what you're listening to, that would stiffen you up and you'd realize, well, they just said they have to traffic people for money. That's called enticement to slavery because they can't force you at gunpoint to get a contract. But then if you don't get the contract or the, the license, then they, they arrest you. And the word arrest means are pulling you over, it means arrest. And when they take you away, that's not arresting you, that's kidnapping. So this is human trafficking. The banking policy enforcement officer, the police, is enforcing 
banking policy for the brokers, the attorneys uh, that are running these banks, these courts. So what they've decided to do is they've, they, they, they've hoodwinked everybody for so many generations, thinking that those are actually courts of law, and they're not. Um, now they actually believe themselves that they have the right to traffic. So everybody now is a United States government employee or person or prisoner of war or enemy of the state, whichever flavor you want first. And, and, and they need to be heavily, heavily, heavily prosecuted until they're dead, okay? What I recommend, what we need to do is if you're not correcting your status an American national and you haven't abandoned and corrected your U.S. prisoner of war status so that you are equal to a zero, um, you better do that and then everything should be done in international law because you cannot rely on their courts and immediately come in. What? Sounds like. What is that? I have absolutely no idea. I've got everybody unmuted, so. Identify noises. I can't figure out what that is. <laughs> so anyway, just get in the habit of prosecuting. Okay. And, and what we need to do is to work together with the government of the United States of America, and 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 get together and and form a, a clear process for cops who arrest people for traffic and the clerk, because that's another bill that came up in New Hampshire. Should the clerk get a bond? Well, hello. Yeah, because when the clerk steps outside of their sphere of immunity, which is trafficking, then we need something to hit. And go after the guy on the bench, the clerk, the cop, the prosecutor. And the reason I'm laying it on this way and Brian, I know you check into that page once in a while. Bear in mind that one of the people who are checking and looking into the post is the prosecuting attorney from the, the New Hampshire court system. So that's why I posted the page. There's a post in there, if you'll notice, about Dwayne Bethel, who was prosecuted and harmed because he actually followed the Federal Water Pollution Control Act. And the explanation of it somewhat is in there. And the Dick Marple thing, what I need to do before it goes on before the floor Tuesday, because there are people who are going to try to resurrect it because the committee shot it down, I need to give notice. Now, here's where I'm going with this. You could say, well, don't deal in the de facto, don't this, don't that. But here's the thing. Where the bill came out, They've been notified. Where they admitted to trafficking, they notified everyone that they've been notified and that they are trafficking. This is actually a great time for not only to terminate the fraud that by if you claim or they claim you're a U.S. citizen that you're in with them, this is actually time to free all U.S. citizens in the state of New Hampshire. This is time for all of them to say, we're no longer going to be trafficked. We're no longer going to get licenses. We're no longer going to register our car and give it over to the state. We're no longer going to do any of it. 
understand that if you don't stop screwing us around, I wouldn't want to be a bar attorney in a court system because when we get done with your wallet, you're going to need a, you know, a little Vaseline on it when we get done with it. So that's I'm I'm going to jump all over this opportunity. So I have to inform all of them Monday tomorrow morning that they're going to have to resurrect this bill on the floor, or the committee members first are going to be prosecuted for human rights violations. Yeah, absolutely, because they will be accomplices to checking persons if they uh, refuse to resurrect that bill. Correct. That means that they are violating the United States Supreme Court laws, I mean, uh, decisions. They're violating U.S. courts. They're violating... I mean, as you must know, because you've had that tactical sovereignty page going for a while, you must know that the cases on this are numerous beyond, I don't even know if you could count them all because you'd have to take years to find the ones you haven't found yet. So, and it goes to every state. 50 times. Well, it's it's every case that's never been brought before the courts. Every single case that's been brought before the courts has been a case of human trafficking. Not not human trafficking, but trafficking persons. So what they're doing is they're telling you, no, no, fuck you. You're a U.S. citizen person, prisoner of war. We traffic you. We just don't want to talk about it, so fuck you, you're in. Forgive the language, but that's exactly what they're doing. So what we need to do... So, hey, yeah, this is uh, Joseph again. I just had to help my maintenance guy here in the apartment complex. I, I've been listening the whole time. Um, the, they're they're trafficking the name and getting us to believe that that name is us, and that is what's going on. So they're not oh, yeah. traffic, trafficking us so much as they're trafficking the name, and most of us are just ignorant of what the name is and think, you know, just like when you go into court and they, they say, are you uh, so-and-so, and they say, give the whole name, and you say yes. You just agreed to uh, be the agent for that name, and you're animating that dead thing. That's why all the judges wear oh, black robes. You think they're, they're, they're wearing black in Morning of the Dead. They can't even deal well, with the living man. But, but what I'm trying to say yeah, is no, we're, gonna, no. we're not going to go that way anymore. I don't want to go that way anymore. We're going to just basically let them know that you brought me here with a goddamn gun. You coerced me. You trafficked me. And never mind what I think. Because when I stand here and tell you I'm not the all-caps guy, you stand there and call me a sovereign citizen. So as far as I'm concerned, you're getting it. Hey, I'm going to prosecute you and your wife until you're in divorce. Sorry. That's exactly well, what the problem is, Well, the problem is it's compelled performance compelled performance to operate as the agent for that person. And that person is that uh, government-created entity, that Title I, Section 8-created entity. That's what it really comes down to. And exactly. Because they, can't, they cannot deal, a uh, corporation cannot deal with other men. They can only deal with like entities. So yeah. they can only deal with other corporations or agencies or whatever. <laughs> Exact, that's exactly right. And there's there was one other point I wanted to get at was I heard uh, the uh, the 
the right to travel thing get brought up. Everybody's always saying they got the right to travel. All you need to do to make that work is a passport. Just a regular plain Jane passport. You get pulled over, you give them the passport, and now you're you're. It's a contract with another agency as opposed to the DMV. It's a contract with the uh, U.S. Department of State for the right to travel. Now. Now they won't give you, they might ask you, uh, is, is that you in the passport? And as long as you don't say yes, you say, well, you know, that's, that's my picture. I use it for identification. You know, don't claim that that's you, and then you're good to go. They'll, I, I've, heard, I've heard of uh, stories of people doing 100 miles an hour down the freeway, getting pulled over, no license, nothing, giving them their passport, and the cops telling them, well, you know, you need to slow down, or you might want to think about slowing down so you don't have to deal with us. And there's other motorists on here. If you get an accident, you're going to be liable for the for the damages. Have a nice day and let them go. So that's how you get away with the right to travel thing is with the passport. If you don't have the passport, you don't have the right to travel because that's what that passport is, is the right to travel. Well, that's, that's also part of what I'm talking about. You should look up at him instead and say, you know that's not me, and you know you're not supposed to be doing it. That's it. And then the same thing when you go in the court. They call that all caps name, and you just tell them you're trafficking. You know that the all caps guy is not me, and don't sit there and pretend that it is, okay? Because I'm prosecuting you for trafficking already. If you want, I'll do it twice. So what it is is what I'm trying to tell you is never mind all this bullshit. And it's all bullshit. They need to be shut down but hard each and every single time until they leave. We don't. I don't even want to see that court opening. I want to see it when the door the doors aren't open for anything other than selling donuts and cookies and coffee. That's it. That's all they're good for. Their entire existence is to prevail over people when they when they're not lawfully doing it over commerce. They stole that. That's not. They don't. They don't even have lawful jurisdiction over commerce. What they did was they created their own money supply so that they can say, all right, you're using the reserves, so you're under our jurisdiction. And even then, because they stole the gold, all I'm saying is, and I agree with your philosophy, man. Don't, Don't misinterpret me. It's just that I spent the entire day really racking my brains out about this, and I've been studying this for many years. Don't give them an inch. Just tell them, look, do what you want today. Have your way, because... Tomorrow, you're getting prosecuted for human rights violations, for human trafficking, um, enticements to slavery, uh, paper terrorism, everything that I can think of to write, I'm going after you. And it's going to be in an international law, and you can tell them. And your stinking bar buddies aren't going to be able to do a damn thing to help them. How's if that, I may. You're wrong. If well, I may. I... Go ahead. Yeah, what about... Uh, what I've been hearing about the difference between humans and mankind. They claim that humans are animals and we are not animals. So should we, you know, align ourselves with humans? We are mankind. Yeah, we are. We are. That's that's the thing that they they do with words. You know, it's, uh, I think it's Black's Law, uh, second edition that the definition of human is a uh, uh, abomination, a uh, monster, abomination that which is without the form of a man. And what they're talking oh. about is the, the placenta. 
is what they're talking about. When they say human being, that's the legal definition. Well, if you go in, if you go in and look at research that Alfred Adask had done, exactly. Alfred Adask has a great website, and I can't think of the name of it right now. But what Alfred Adask did with his case was along those same lines, because it, it talked about humans and other animals. Wow, well, that noise back there. Oh, no, hold on, hold on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mute everybody for a second. All right, everybody's muted. <laughs> uh, Alfred Adas, with his case, went in and he came from the position of where it said in the law it talked about humans and other animals, right? Which classified everybody as animals, and that case ended up being settled in closed chambers with the judge because they didn't want that information being brought forward. And if you go and look even in drug laws, uh, whether talking about marijuana, whatever the case may be, that is the classification they use is um, humans and other animals. And that's where the out is on that situation. <clears throat> Yeah. Hey, yeah. Brian, can I ask you a question, please? This is Mike in Chattanooga. Okay. You know the... Uh, uh, what's the name of the... Hold on just a sec. Hold on just a second. Hey, guys, if you're not talking, please mute yourself. Star six. Star six if you don't know how to do it, because we hear everything happening on your TV and everything. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. All right. You know the, uh, I think it's the website. It's a Kingdom of Heaven that offers uh, the registration of the automobile. All right. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, I've probably looked at Kingdom of Heaven, but you may be talking about the government of the United States of America. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah where they do that okay how well does that work you know like say somebody buys them a a used car from a friend and they get it registered through that uh will that will that actually kill that original contract that the state thinks it has you have to do that if it's no if it's yeah you have to do it but if it's done correctly yeah it will work because what's happening is that the state has been holding equitable title. And when you think equitable title, when it comes to the state, uh, whenever you hear the word equity, think money. You know what I mean? Yeah. The state is profiting. And through equitable, they are profiting off from your registration every year for the vehicle, your renewal of the driver's license, the tag, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they get they get small pieces from the insurance as well when the insurance is paid. So that's their equity. That's their money coming in. And you hold legal title, which means you can transfer that property from you to your neighbor or whoever, you know. Exactly. Uh, you know, because right now we're really not transferring that. We're All we do is like 
or user of it. Right, and that goes that goes into user crux. What what we really have through the legal title is we have the legal right of usufruct, which is the use of the fruits of our labor. Our, the fruits of our labor enabled us to be able to get legal title to, say, that car. And uh, so we have the fruits of our labor, the usufruct. We're able to use it. We're able to take that car down the road, go to work with it, go to the grocery store, church, post office, whatever with it. Right. So I was I was I was just wondering how successful that is if because you know when the police pull you over if you've got your private tag on there they want to pretend and say they don't recognize this. You know why? No one that you know in that area is prosecuting. That's why I'm stuck on the. Well, I agree. I totally agree, you Dave. What you're saying no. if yeah. if somebody would start dragging these places in the court. And and making them pay for all this nonsense. And if you'll notice, it is a attorney firm that is, is training these policemen. The police are good-hearted. They just don't know what's going on. They don't have a clue. Well, you, what, what, again, uh, it, it, to make this all easy, and I know I sound like a salesman here, but the government of the United States of America, you see it all over my pages and Brian's pages, you claim your nationality and get out of U.S. presumption, okay? Get out. They made it easy. I mean, it's at, you don't have to sit there and pull your hair out of your head and figure it all out and ask everybody. And It's all easy now. Just get out and claim your nationality with the, with the United States of America. Right, right. Because you miss nothing but the IMF, and they're holding you as a U.S. asset, and you're not. You're one of the people. When you walk into the court, the guy in the bench gives you any crap if you get dragged into court. I don't mean if you walk in. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I I, I could even show you uh, uh, appearances, filing an appearance with, with a way that they won't answer you. They will never come back, and you're out of it anyway. But if they drag you in the court, you just look straight at the guy on the bench and say, the prosecutor is pretending that a fictional entity is the injured party. And if you want to sit there and pretend to believe him, believe me when I tell you tomorrow morning I start prosecuting you in international law. Get, get, get used to something, tell him. It's soon to be over. Because once enough of us start this, we want to put you out of business. You need to find something else to do with your life. like. Painting fences or something. They, 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 all they're doing is they're propagating all these crazy things that they call law schools, and they're cranking out ways to post bonds against us to rob us. And what we need to do is to get out there. You know, like we talk to each other on these calls, we need to dedicate just as much time to people out there. And I do that almost every day. And I have to say... The scary part is, and I've heard it before, I mean, I've said it before, it sounds like a broken record, but we're dealing with a dumb population. So what we need to do is we need to get it and make it easy for people and target, direct target marketing. Don't go after the general population. They are stupid. Go after the one with the fraud closure. Go after the one where they're having problems with their kids. Go after the ones where they're trying to take you 500 
$1,000, $2,000 fine because you didn't have their license. Well, you don't need their damn license. And the only thing that they're going to understand, I don't care if you're you're doing a rain dance, until you prosecute, they ain't going to listen to you. David, David, let me get, let me hit the heart of the matter right here, okay? Yeah. And I've mentioned I've mentioned this before, and it's, I'll mention it again because uh, this is a different call. But what they are looking at everybody is as as the surety and being part of U.S. Inc. All right. Mm. Everybody checks off that box so readily that it says I'm a U.S. citizen. So they check that box. Well, it also says so you're doing that under penalty of perjury. Well, when it says under penalty of perjury, that means that you've taken an oath at some point. Well, guess yes. what? Yes, no, politically. you just you just committed perjury. You just committed perjury because when have you ever taken an oath or affirmation to U.S. Inc.? Yeah, really, a few people right. have. Uh, other, I don't realize than, by what you just hold said. On, hold, you on, know, because, hold on, I'm not. Can I finish this? Sorry. Other than, no problem, bro. <laughs> Other than, uh, say, some of these people come over from the Middle East or whatever, and they've gone through a naturalization process, and they have taken an oath and affirmation. That, that's why these guys are getting all these extra monies and stuff that they're getting, because they have they have done it. We're coming in as the enemy, because we're claiming a position that we have never claimed. And so that means that everybody, if, if say you're born on Ohio or, or you're born in South Carolina, it doesn't matter. That does not make you automatically a citizen of U.S. Inc. That only means that no. U.S. Inc. has claimed you and your future profits, all right? So you, you are really essentially a stateless individual. And so... What you got to do is, like David talked about, you come over to uh, the government of the United States of America, which is not a top-down government that says, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. No, it's a bottom-up government where the people here, we say, hey, I've got a problem, government. You want to contact U.S. Inc. and let them know? And guess what happens? They take care of it. It fixes the problem. All right? You go in there and you make your declaration. You make your, your notice of being a resident. And the words, if you go to my page, David's page, whatever, and uh, see a link for the government of the United States of America and, and go through things for them to see there, you have to realize that those words being used are not legalese words. Those words mean the words that the common man thinks. When you see resident, yeah, it does not mean somebody that is originally from Washington, D.C. that is traveling abroad. Because that's what resident really means. Well, but Brian uh, is saying facts, and the thing is, 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 although I'm saying something different, it is not contradiction to what Brian is saying. All I'm saying is, the jackass on the bench knows full well that you're not a U.S. citizen. The all-caps guy in your wallet is a U.S. citizen, and he knows you got suckered into checking the box. You know, or he's just saying, well, he's a stupid ass. He doesn't know what he's doing, so let's take advantage of him. The only thing you need to do to convince him of anything, hand him his paperwork that he's getting prosecuted. 
and tell them you're getting it registered mail tomorrow the next day. So, mm-hmm. okay, you get prosecuted for human trafficking. I don't want to hear another thing out of you. And you can talk to them like that because I do. And they don't give they they don't throw me in jail for it. You, 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 Brian, they if know I may. that if. How do we change that name from human trafficking to mankind trafficking? Because that don't worry is contradictory to me. Don't worry about it. Just correct your status. Don't be one of theirs. That's yeah, right, right. That's how you really do it, like like what Dave's saying. Dave, all right, have you been in court lately because of any kind of traffic violations, Dave? No, but I have been there for others. Okay, and and I um, had the last one time I was limited on what I could do and say. The times two, two, three times before that, I had unlimited ability to talk, and I actually shut the process down. And then the the person or the 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 the, the one I was there to help blew it later. Because if you don't hold them by the hand, they cannot seem to grasp the idea that they don't have jurisdiction and they need to prosecute. I, I hope, whether you agree with what I'm saying or not, I don't know. Um, I hope you're getting one thing out of me. You hear my attitude tonight. It's really bad. And it's the result of many years and things that have been going through my head all day today. And I hope that I can help you benefit from it. Don't listen to a goddamn thing they have to say. As soon as they start talking, you put your right hand up and you say, I'm not done. And you look at them, you hand them the paperwork, and you say you're getting prosecuted. You know everything you're doing is a crime. You're weaseling people at the state house. You're coercing people into the office of the person. And no, I don't have any respect for you. The way I think, you should be in a goddamn jail cell. And you tell them that. You grew up here, you're from here, and you're trafficking and harming your fellow Americans. They're spitting the gutter low life. I don't know your name, so I hate not talking to you by name. But what I'm telling you is true. The only thing they're going to comprehend is when you're opening their butt up with a brace and bit. That's a drill in the old-fashioned world. The only thing they're going to understand is when you're putting them on a big treadmill and start taxing them for dollars, meaning burden. Don't listen to anything that they have to say. If the cop pulls you over, you just say, you know, how you doing? Let him do what he wants, and then open his butt up the next day. And then when all of his buddies see that he's getting shut down, then they're going to spread the word. Word of mouth is great advertising. Gee, he did a great job in my kitchen. You should hire him to build yours. That's what I think. They need to hear that, well, did you hear about Joe? Boy, he's, he's shut down. They, he, he, it, it cost him every dime he owned. They don't want to have bonds. They're self-bonding. Good. Take his house. Because once you put in a criminal complaint, once you do that through their process by a third party, then the next thing you know, you're immune. You can start putting liens on their property. You do it the right way. And there are people... Hey, David. Yeah. David, I just put a link to uh, this government into the chat. So if people want to go there, you can pull it up. Yeah. Well, what about this modified uh, driver's license that you can get there? It, does the court recognize it, or are they still playing dumb? They remind the court. 
Never mind the court. They have no business I'm just talking to you. Or what if? I'm, no, I'm, you're, you're know, I agree with what you're saying. You're I'm not. just saying, are they allowing you guys to use that? They can't allow you. They can't allow you, and I'm not trying to interrupt you. Stop okay. thinking like that. They have nothing to do with you, and don't even talk to them like they do. If he okay. tells you to take your hat off and you take your hat off, you just gave him jurisdiction. Don't give them anything. You get you you don't even need a license. The only reason the government of the United States of America come up with licenses and paperwork is to show the numbskull with the IQ of a fish wearing a badge has something to look at. That's it. The only thing, the only reason is a piece of paper. Well, in today's don't world, there does need to be ID because you got to remember there was some guys that robbed a bank earlier that morning. You know, there, there's that kind of evil that they're out here trying to get off the streets on our behalf. Well, uh, if I may, this is Brian. If, you know what? What needs to be done is uh, you give notification before you even get pulled over. You let the sheriff's department know. This is who I am. This is what I travel under. And that's all you have to do. Now, myself, I went a different. I went a different way before I came across the info from this government, and tried to figure out, okay, how are things being linked to each other? How are they getting control? This or that, and how can I fix that? And since then, I've had fifteen, count it, fifteen encounters with the police, and I have received no tickets. I even had one accident that, well, mismatch, uh, I'll say, it could have been my fault. It was just a a good-up situation where I could have been ticketed that. I wasn't even ticketed there. In fact, not only was I not ticketed there, but the officer did my paperwork before he did the victim's paperwork. And when he did my paperwork, he came back and he made it very adamantly clear to me just like happened a couple weeks ago. He made it very adamant clear to me, I am not ticketing you. You are not liable for anything. He made that very, very clear to me, which made my eyebrows stand up. I was like, oh, crap. Well, why is he being so adamant about this? So, yeah, I, I think things can be put in place that define your position regarding the state and these people because like I said earlier they're they're only holding people in this position out of fear if you have no fear then you've conquered the problem well it sounds like what you've got is a status that that, uh, didn't give him the jurisdiction so he you know gave you the respect you deserve Brian well yeah and I respect it I respected him as well. And, you know, I've seen other situations, you know, not just stuff that you hear about on Facebook or things like that, but I had uh, a kid come to my door. I've mentioned this before. He came to my door several months ago, and I was like, hey, Tommy, what's up? I haven't seen you in a while. And he says, hey, look what I got in the mail. He had this big envelope. He opened it up, and he had his authentication in it. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. I'm like, what spurred you to do that? He's like, oh, I started listening to your calls. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, okay, that's cool. And and then 
Yeah, I mean, he's still basically like a teenager. I mean, he's in his 20s, whatever. And like, kids go out and do stupid shit. And he, and he was with some guys doing some stupid stuff. And it was, I think, involving like taking beer from a 7-Eleven or something. Which down here in Florida, yeah, they will throw you in the can and you'll spend a week in jail for that. I mean, this whole thing of spending the night in jail and getting released, yeah, they don't do that anymore. Now they freaking hold you because they're making money every day off the federal government that they hold you. And that's how they're financing themselves. And he, with this other group of guys, he, he was like, no. He's like, I want to see your field officer. I'm the field officer. I need to see the field officer before you take me anywhere. And the field officer showed up, and the guy got out of his car, and as he was walking up to the squad car where they were holding my friend at, um, before the other officers could even say anything, the field officer said, release him right now. We can't do anything with him. Okay. That's ideal. Now, what about when we run private tags on our car, you know, from – the last 10 years, people doing that, it hasn't put them anywhere. Because uh, if if we can run private tags on our car, then they don't have jurisdiction once again. And that's where they get it from is when, when you know, through, say, uh, driving the car or something like that, that, that's how they get to pull you over and initiate the step one to drag well, you in court. Well, they hold they hold jurisdiction over you because they hold jurisdiction over that vehicle, not over you. There you go. That's what they I mean. Jurisdiction. If we could kill that, yeah. what they're holding over us, you know, getting it registered with uh, that other. Uh, All right. Well, you I know, don't know where to go. How long before the new tags come out from the government? What? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're supposed to be... Remember the girl from Massachusetts who got pulled over? And the cop says, what do you mean your car was exported to the United States of America? Right. She made up a plate because she didn't get the government plate yet? All right. So, yeah, there must I, be I, I, post, I posted a link from uh, Trent Gowdy uh, several months ago that... A police officer was actually telling somebody how to do that. Okay. Well, the point is that the questions that the gentleman is asking, the, the gentleman with the southern, um, pretty much all of the stuff that you're talking about, when you claim your nationality and you get into the other side, that's where it's all at. And all I'm saying is you can do it any number of other ways, but it's they make it easy for you, right? There's your own paperwork, IDs, things that were supposed to replace licenses, registrations, all that. And for Lynn, everything's done. Right? Yeah, yeah every, right? everything is it's done. Right, and if, if right. we want to go to United States of America, private tags on our car, that will work too, right? Well, that's what we're talking right. about. That, that's right. So you go on to the other yeah, side, get out of here, forget, forget it, leave it behind. So Friday yeah, because, we had a... Because, 
Yeah, they here's my question. Here, here's my question. They, they if you guys got feedback from running United States of America private tag, you know, them pulling you over and saying, Hey, you guys are good to go, you know, kinda of like that. I just, I just said that. The woman from Massachusetts handmade one because she was waiting for the government plate. And the state cost us to her, what do you mean the car was exported to the United States of America? And she told him, I just made the plate because the new plate didn't come up. So he says, you know, stay out of trouble, have a nice day. So okay. What it is, is it's going to take you more time to forget what you know than it will to learn the new stuff. So when you're asking these questions, just remember, once you go over to the other side and switch ball games, party's over for them. They're not a legitimate government. It's a corporation in the city of London, and it's related to the wastewater utility. Okay? That's all it is. They can, it might be through the monarchy of the Netherlands and all this other happy horse shit with Treasury and IRS in Puerto Rico. It's a private, foreign, bankrupt corporation. It's a pirate vessel. And they, the only reason they're even here is because a bunch of jackasses back in the 1800s made a deal with them to allow them to take over. And those were not government people. Those were all unlawful people under a suspended unlawful constitution. So it was all BS. So Friday, we had a meeting about the Committee on Land Titles. So that made it through uh, last Tuesday, the motion to have a Committee on Land Titles. And now what we're going to be doing is setting up an itinerary so you can own your land. Because you have all these jackasses changed you into a foreign prisoner of war and a resident alien on a on a, a as a tenant on a deed type color of title you can't own land and the problem is we have people that know how to put liens on land and get land titles who need to cough it up and uh you know they need to demonstrate and contribute the information so that the rest of us american nationals can survive in this world so we can all own land and that's why we formed the committee, because whoever doesn't want to choke up the information that has it, you know, they're no friend of ours. You know what I mean? So we need to share information, because our survival is at stake yet. Because we have people who are owning this U.S. corporation that's in liquidation. They're selling our land. They're selling our minerals. They're selling well, our David. support agencies. David, when it comes right down to it, people need to realize uh, there's a huge difference in what's being done here. And as you're talking about land, but U.S. Inc. is talking about property. And you're talking about uh, people that are uh, working for, they're working as a real estate agent or something like that. They're property salesmen. There's a big difference between property and land. They exactly. can do anything about land, only property. And property is that fictional overlay that was put yeah. over the United States. Exactly. And well, you can, yeah. The only thing is ask a real estate agent if they could define real estate. Want to watch them. They don't know what real estate is. Right. And you notice yeah. that, that, you know, the codes inspector comes by and tries to get you to do some crazy things, you know, with your 
land. He, he, but it, it, it's categorized as property. That's why he gets to come and, and push that on well, you. It's categorized as, as, as uh, residential. Yeah, as right, commercial. commercial. Right. That's one of the reasons we, we formed this committee. We went all through it Tuesday night. And some, you know, we got sidetracked, which was fine Friday night. It was the first discussion. But you need to own your land. Okay? So if you go out and buy land from your neighbor and you don't put anything on it, no buildings, no nothing, there's no property on it, but you still have to own your land. And what you do is you, when you get land, you're giving it away. You, you give it away when you register it as, 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 as a residential uh, property. When, when you sign a deed of trust, you just you just handed your baby to them. Said, "Here, you know, your daddy wants." And that you just don't do it anymore. So you buy a land, always include some kind of substantive money silver with it, regardless of whether people say I'm full of shit or not. Don't listen to them; they just like to say I'm full of shit because. They have to say what they have to say, right or wrong. If you don't have substantive contracts with substantive uh, consideration, you don't have a real contract. Right, and it don't it right. don't pass title if you don't have substance. I don't think that you right. can give somebody something and it pass title. I think there has to be valuable consideration. Well, you have to. Well, you know what. Work. You know what? What it really comes down to is we were placed in this position over the land as trustees for it. That means somebody else owns it. It's the creator. It's whoever made it. Whoever creates something owns that product. And yeah. it's not the state, and they know that. That's why they created the property laws. You know, but They couldn't create land laws. They had to create property laws. And that's exactly. why because, that, because even they even they know that. And you know, I had um um chicken inspectors come around my place here a few years ago because I had chickens and turkey and ducks, you name it. And they came and they wanted me to get rid of it. And I sent them a letter back. I, I sent it directly to the inspector. Uh, number one, what right did he have to come here? Okay, because they can only come on your property if you are doing something that will freaking harm the community. Okay? Uh, And I sent that to him. And then about two days later, I went up to their office in the county, and I wanted to find out what was going on with the case. Uh, The secretary brought it up, and she goes, oh, it's all been dismissed. It's gone. I said, okay. And about two weeks after that, I saw the same guy. I'm on my camera here. (laughs) I I, I see his his truck parked, and he's walking around again. And I went out, and I said, "Uh, sir, can I help you? He said, oh, what are you going to do, send me another letter? I said, no. I said, this time, I want your bond. Oh. Because, <laughs> because I made a command for you. And he ran to his, I, I couldn't have r- ran off my porch and caught him if I wanted to. He ran to his truck so fast and got in it and left. It, it was hilarious. And I've, not, I've never seen him again. 
What, what is the gentleman's name with the southern name? This is Mike in Chattanooga. Mike in Chattanooga. Okay, Mike. Uh, thank you. Um, you have huge relief here. <laughs> you know, Brian has practical sovereignty pages, and, and I have other types of similar pages with different names. <laughs> Our work is just about getting refined down to almost nothing now. It's easy. Claim your nationality and get out of any affiliation with U.S. so that it makes it easy for you to avoid their presumption, the tentacles of presumption. And what's that? That's the tongue of a lying, stinking Crown Temple bar attorney who should have it stepped on with high heel shoes, some chick wearing black leather, stomping on his head, which he'd probably like it anyway. What you got to do is get well, rid of like the inspector that you just heard Brian describe. Every single thing he does is against the law. He doesn't do any, he doesn't have right for anything. Community, nothing. All that community is is a bunch of properties that they stole. They don't have a legitimate anything. I want them back on their boat out of here. I want them off the continent. They're all nuts. They're all crazy. Their entire lives, jobs, paychecks, everything about them, their titles, their education. It's all based on something that has no lawful standing. It's the stinking Freemasons, the Jesuits, the bar attorneys, all these crazy bankers from Europe. And they even, we even put out another Declaration of Independence from the British Empire. This jackass here talking has not signed it yet, which I have nothing but negligence to blame on that. You know, so we want out. Our biggest problem is getting our butts in gear. So all you need to do is just go claim your nationality, just make a beeline right straight to that bullseye, and then get other people to do it and get an assembly going. And I believe it's Tennessee, right, Chattanooga? Right. Right. In Tennessee, get yourself an assembly going. You're going to find out that any problems we ever had between the North and the South was artificially created by these jackass Zionist bankers. So they start... Well, let me... Let me, let me add, David, let me add something to that. Uh, supposedly, Benjamin Franklin was approached by a woman uh, when he left the creation of the contract or whatever, the Constitution. And uh, she asked him, she said, what have you guys done? And Franklin said, we've created a republic, if you can keep it. All right? To me, what that meant was, we put something in place that you guys can use, if you use it. And the problem is, is that the people haven't used it. The people have sat back and let the corporation take over. Well, That's the bottom line. Which which the, 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 the corporation that they created... That they that the people let take over um, was illegit, and you know that. But what it yeah. is is the lie, the lie about how the Articles of Confederation were inadequate. They won't work. Wrong. They wouldn't work for the Vatican. That's who it wouldn't work for. So all I'm saying is, Mike, is just get it into your head that you need to do what you got to do and get others that you know to do it too. And we need to hold our ground because I'm going to tell you something, and it's kind of off topic, but 
No, it isn't. It's the underlying problem. And I spent a lot of time on this in the last five, six days, even more than usual. You have people who want to kill Christians and Americans for Israel. Israel is pumping Muslims and, and, and crazies onto our land so that they can take over. They're doing it in all the states where people are sitting around massaging body parts. They need to snap out of it. Israel is not our ally. Israel is now in charge of many parts of the United States de facto. Oh, you're so right on what you just said. Let me just give you an example. You know, at the high schools, they sometimes have prayer at football games, right? Okay. Yeah. All right, here is is what is going on in Tennessee and, and, and even Georgia right here in Alabama. What they are doing right now is making way that the Muslims get to pray there now. You know, they're they're going on this religious freedom thing and people aren't understanding this and man, it is 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 right now they're they're creating this opening to where Muslims or Buddhists or whatever, you know, want to come there and pray. They have to allow it. Okay? Instead of saying, Wait a minute, there's there's religious freedom, nobody is forced to do anything, right? They have twisted this thing around, and they're forcing these schools now to have to accept the other prayers. Well, what you have to do, and this is a suggestion, I have to do it, what you do is your business, but what you need to do is to expose the facts. Muslims worship and walk around the same black cube of Saturn that the that the rabbis wear on their forehead. That is Satanism. So Zionist Judaism, Talmudic Judaism is Satanism. The Muslims pray to Allah, the pagan Bedouin nomadic tribe god of the moon. Okay? So you have to comprehend you got the sun god, the moon god, and then there's Saturn, and then whatever other demonic deviation they can come up with. Muslims are satanic. Right. It's all right. They grew up with it. They don't know any better. They might be regular folks, some of them. But they worship Allah. Allah is not God. All right. Or, or wait, excuse me. That was wrong. God. You know what God is? God is God Serial. God is in the Bible. That's Satan. Okay? Lord is Baal. All right. So what they did was they rewrote the Bible enough times it's starting at the beginning so that no one knows who's who and what's what. Now, I'm Christian, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you think that the God of the Old Testament is the creator, the father of, of, of our Messiah, uh-uh. That's why the Messiah came. So the Christians are the enemy. And if you look at Noahide law that they signed in, and then the, 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 the Masonic Bible and everything, the, Christians are the enemy. Why? Because we know, we know that all their gods are bullshit. That's the thing. And, exactly. And it's the power, I know. But the are they doing the same thing like they are here at the football games, you know, uh, about forcing the prayer in Florida yet? Well, I'm not in Florida. 
Brian, I'm, I'm I'm from I'm from New England. Okay. And well, I I was wondering if they're doing it in Florida because here in Tennessee and Georgia, they are forcing it. See, it's like they're using this religious freedom. Okay, and you know everybody was always warned about this that that you know if you use you know because I mean this Christian nation. Okay, so you know the praying was to. A good God, not a false, you know, not a bad God, let's say, okay? You know, but the way they have used this religious freedom and pushing that, that it's all these other religions, you got to let them or you got to have them too. So it, it it's like they have, have reversed this to go, come against us is, is my point, David. Who's forcing it, Mike? Um, the school says, well, not the school says, but some outsiders, some outsiders that are. Go after them. Expose them. Go after them. Harass them. Because they're stealing and robbing your your culture. These are the enemy. Yes, that's exactly their point. You you hit on it. That's exactly. They're trying to get rid of of our heritage right here. You know, which is getting along with one another. That's actually what the heritage is in the South, okay? You've heard of Southern hospitality, right? That's just a godly trait is what it is. You know, you know, good-hearted men and women, and they're trying to destroy that. They're, they're, they're well, trying to the do all kinds of... That's the oh, Joseph, look. Uh, you know who they are. Yeah, That's David Joseph... No, he hit on something right there that people need to comprehend, okay? And that is the biggest problem that the military is having in the Middle East right now, is that they are going into the Middle East and they are trying to change things, but they don't comprehend how things are set up over there, okay? Uh, The way things originally were set up, you can go back to the times of, um, uh, Jesus or Yeshua, whoever, all right? And the loyalties were set to the families. That's where the whole last name and the last name being in commerce comes around from. It was all set up by family loyalties because uh, certain families were bakers, certain families um, worked in mining, different things like that, okay? <clears throat> and in the Middle East, uh, they're going over there with this mentality of thinking that these people are are loyal to a state when they're not. They are loyal to their families and their tribes, all right? And that is what was really changed here in America. Uh, this was the great experiment, is they got everybody away from being loyal to their family and being loyal to their beliefs and got everybody to be loyal to a state. They got everybody to become a patriot. God, I need to do a call about patriotism because patriotism is nothing but freaking bullshit. It really is. Well, then it has to Being be loyal to a founding father? I mean, come on. you got to be kidding me. They're That's patriots ridiculous. to a foreign corporation that's going around enforcing right. Rothschild and banking policy on countries that don't want to use petrodollars. Okay, that's right, they're getting everybody way. to be 
They're getting everybody to be loyal to their founding fathers when the founding fathers were actually about building a basis uh, for the petrodollar and those companies that you're talking about. Exactly. How many bases do we have around the world? 700? No, I I think it's like 268. But, yeah, well, they're everywhere. It went, went down by more than 100% or 50% because it was, the last I heard, it was over, it was over 700. And that's about 10-year-old information. They have bases everywhere. And, 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 oh, the and people are arguing with me, I mean, not with me, but among each other, about when the big wall is going to come up on Mexico. I, you know, the Mexican economy is being controlled by the same jackasses that are controlling our economy. They just have different names. And well, Mike's David, problem David. down there. David, you and I both know they can never build a wall down there because U.S. Inc. has never laid a lawful claim on the meets and bounds of the U.S. My question is, did Texas actually lay lawful claim, or did Arizona or New Mexico? Who did or who didn't? Did they actually claim the, well, the boundaries? Well, our government did. Well, yeah, but then then the question is, did we have the right to do it? So I'm listening to those Uh, debates all. Um, Well, who who doesn't have the right to claim it? I mean, probably go back to it could be go back to the divine right. Go back to the divine right of kings or the right of discovery. I mean, uh, gosh, what I was talking about even before I started the call. All right. Um, uh, Trey, oh, Trey Gout, no, not Trey Gout. Anyway, this gentleman got nailed for cocaine within the first two months that he was a congressman. Uh, he went and he went and claimed a whole bunch of domain names for websites. That way, if anybody yep. tried to ever ever can use them, yeah, and he could freaking say, "Oh no, sorry, I own it." You know what I mean? I only own one, it's a, it's but I'm, I'm not a reliable source of information on the on the on the boundary thing. All I can say is that I have a lot of work to do on that because I have to. I'm involved now with the committee on the, on, on land titles, and uh, it's going to be a great experience. There's someone who we're going to use their fraud closure for a pathfinding. Some people call it a guinea pig, but we're going to use that land so that we can go through all of the processes to screw up whoever's the problem. And uh, it's going to grow. So Friday night if, uh, is the next call probably. We'll discuss it Tuesday night. But we have to um, we have to do a lot of work. And I'm going to recommend that this committee what land. We need a record. We need a recording secretary because this is going to be a lot of. This is going to be an information-rich subject. Let me tell you. Because what it is now, they claim. When I say they claim, meaning the the, the de facto is saying that if you want land title and you're not on one of the actual 13 states, 
and that's the original 13, by the way. The rest are kind of uh, not really Wow, lawful standing of the uh, original 13. Uh, you have to go to the... What the heck is that? Sounds like ice cubes and change and silverware and everything else. Um, you have to go to the Bureau of Land Management to get control or title. So what they're asking you to do is to buy it from a foreign Bureau of Land Management that doesn't have any sales. And in the original 13 states, it's the process is going to be different, which I have to learn because I'm part of two of those original 13 states. And um, this is going to be nothing but good stuff. So whoever's interested in getting their butt in proper status and standing, stay tuned because it's going to be getting better by the week. Hey, David. Uh, uh, Dave, David, I want to bring something up to you that you need to look into. <clears throat> now, did I get my pen out? <laughs> what's that? I was asking, should I get my pen? <laughs> I'm writing. Pen. Oh, 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 I don't know. I I always have a pen and paper with me, even on my own call. I have a pen and paper next to me because people bring up stuff that's like, oh, I gotta write that down. You know. Don got me a whole big calendar pad. No, but there, there's two things really that need to be paid attention to. And I've mentioned this to you before, and I don't know if you really caught on to it or not, but it, that is when it comes to land ownership, real land ownership, okay? Um, I don't know how to say this to really explain it, but In a nation, in a country, they cannot allow total land ownership outside of the ownership of that nation or country. And the reason why is because if total land ownership, and ownership means both possession and control. Possession and control are two different things, right? If you have possession and control, that's when you have ownership. Okay. If yeah, I remember that. So, I remember you brought it up. I said the nation right. is the people. So all, all right, the people so have to say, start. Yeah. So say, um, okay. Uh, look at the U.S. USA, United States of America, for instance. Okay. Um, say some king of Saudi Arabia came in and got total land ownership, which means both possession and control of property in, say, a state like Ohio. Okay? How about Kentucky? Okay, or Kentucky, whatever. That means that he can do whatever he wants there, and he can totally remove that from U.S. Inc. Okay? And that would be detrimental to U.S. Inc. That's why U.S. Inc. cannot allow anybody to have total possession and control. Well, let, let me let me stick something in there. U.S. Inc. doesn't have lawful possession or control, so that means that the door is wide open for the Saudis. 
And why? Because the people that are around them in Kentucky are sitting around. No, 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 dude. No, they do have control. They may not have possession. Yeah, the people living there might have possession, but they don't have control. They don't have control because they're paying taxes. That means that U.S. Inc. has equitable title to it. Well, unlawfully, I don't. I, I don't agree with anything U.S. Inc. does. Nothing. I think they're they're right. totally wrong. Well, and they know they cannot own the land. Totally, they can only have equitable title, but they cannot have both equitable and legal title to it because the land belongs to the creator, and they didn't create it. Well, if the people themselves would would stop living in U.S. world in their brains in Kentucky, then they could make sure that the 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 Wahhabis don't take over. Because before you know it, no, they'll be. I agree. You're right. Yeah. So we need we need an educated population because. Everything you're saying is true. Everything I'm saying is true. But they overlap in a lot of places, meaning that we need to get rid of U.S. And and, and I think they're not ready to take us on yet. I think what they're doing is they're setting up Israel to be ready to take us on. When, 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 when they well, cut back, they're cutting back on health and human services. They're cutting back on spending for food stamps coming up. They're, 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 uh, who the hell was it? The, most of the people in all the states are on psychotropic drugs. It's going to be zombie apocalypse when the prescriptions run out. And then you have uh, the total jackasses like Jeff Sessions, uh, attorney general. He's an attorney general for a boat that's docked, you know, in the swamp. He's saying, oh, well, you know, you can't have medical marijuana because that makes you addicted to opioids. No. What gets you addicted to opioids is the prescription. Then, well, you know, if you have medical marijuana, then you're considered mentally unstable. We've got to take your gun. Uh, no. Uh, what he needs to do is shut up, and the people need to tell him to shut up. Because all the people are saying, oh, no, guess what? No, we're not going to be able to do it. We're not going to No. Then the opioids thing. The reason that they don't want uh, people to use cannabis, which is the THC level, is because it stops cancer. So really and truly what we need to do is to shut these people down. And, And the quickest and easiest way is the easiest way first. Claim your nationality. Why I'm being redundant. Claim your nationality. Some people, I tell them on my page, I must have gone back and forth with them one more than a hundred times. The rest less, but varying grades of stupid. Claim your nationality. Even if you want to change it to something else later. You know, if you want to be goofy or emote later. But get out of the U.S. David. Get out. David, that's why I try and explain to everybody is claim your nationality as well. Because yeah. unless you claim your nationality, your nationality has only been presumed. Because stateless. you've never yeah, done yeah. anything to you. You're a stateless position because you've never claimed a nationality. 
and you are presumed to be a U.S. Inc. subject, and you'll see that word subject. You'll see that word subject listed everywhere. Well, what do you think a subject is? You're subject to somebody else's author. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. I'll sit back. No, no, every time you inhaled, I thought you were done. But I have to shut up again. No, I didn't stop. I was continuing to talk. Go ahead. I'll shut up. No, 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 sir. I guess tonight I'm a little too excited. Hey, this is Mackenzie speaking. I was wanting to uh, be the recording secretary for the committee that you're talking about there, David. I'm pretty sure we got to Yeah. Well, I guess the best thing to do is show up for the Tuesday night call. Right. Right. I'll be there. All right. Because I'm 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 not in a position to tell people right. what to do or who's I, <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. It's all about being part of the group. Could you share some information on the Tuesday night call and what time and, and, and how how do we be a part of that? Well, did you is this, this the call that happens with the government of the United States of America and that they start at eight o'clock Eastern, seven central. All right. Do you want info to know how to get into the Tuesday night call? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Um, I would recommend downloading Zoom. It's it's a free app that you can download. And that way, if we're showing documents or something like that, you know, it's pretty cool. And that way you can see the documents. Otherwise, uh, you can just use these numbers to access the call as well. Um. Tuesday night call. Let me look it up here. It's 857-232. Scratch that. That's a a room number. The number you want to dial into is 408-638-0968. And the room number is 778-307-2021. I'll repeat that again. That's 408-638-0968. And then I'm going to ask for the room or the PIN number. That is 778-307-2021. Okay, I got it. Thank you very much, sir. I hope it helps. Otherwise, uh, you can go into tackle sovereignty or whatever and ask me, and I'll send you a link. Will do. Thank you, sir.
you know, uh, my role desire for these calls is for people to really comprehend where they're really from, where they're really at, and who they really are. Because that info has been lied to us. And maybe not just lied, but it's been given to us by people who are also told a lie. And I think that's very important for people to comprehend. Well, we've been on for uh, two and a half hours now. I guess we could shut down. Uh, David Johnson has brought forward a bunch of great info. I recommend people go look at some of his groups. Um, These are groups that I first started exploring when I got on Facebook. I didn't even know what Facebook was. And I started checking out info from David Johnson's groups like... uh, group called Birth Certificate, uh, Jackass Judges, gosh, there's many more. Hey, David, can you uh, mention a few more of them? Um, yeah. Um, there's uh, I, I, I know you've got a bunch. I mean, I, I, I try and keep like three pages or groups for myself and It'll fit in one or the other. That way I don't have too many to maneuver around. But, yeah, no, go ahead and let everybody know where to look at. Well, I guess probably the first thing I should say is uh, you can find me on Brian's page, because I know you're all on this call because of Brian's page, David Johnson, um, Nashua, N-A-S-H-U-A, New Hampshire. And if you... Type that into the members section. You'll you'll find it. And once you friend me, um, you will be able to get notifications. Hopefully, of when I post. I realize, of course, that Facebook is kind of uh, restricting that heavily now. In fact, I'm back in jail again after I got out of jail yesterday. Um, what it is, they're just targeting me. And I took a little hint from Johnny Rowe. I asked them to talk to their legal department because the only thing they're going to comprehend is when I go after all of their executive staff with NSEA uh, claims for uh, environmental damage because then when they get hit in the wallet, they're going to realize, hey, maybe I shouldn't be such a bent over twerp to the NSA. And what is the NSA and other stupid corporate entities? So I have birth certificate in all capital letters. I have Federal Reserve Act remedy in all capital letters. If you're paying taxes, you shouldn't be, whether it's property taxes or income taxes, you shouldn't be paying them at all. And don't think that, oh, you're paying your fair share. That's nonsense still. All you're doing is increasing the debt. So your fair share of debt generation, all right? Then there is common law jury, New Hampshire. There's a lot of good information. Um, there's marriage license, uh, there's jackass judges, jackass cops, jackass bar attorneys, 
DPS jackasses. There's uh, jackass Zionists, jackass priests, bishops, clerics. <laughs> so what it is, I, why do I have all of them? Because it makes it easier. Sort of like A to Z. You don't want everything in one file. You put A's and A's and B's and B's, right? So uh, I have hidden history. I have New Hampshire House criminals. There's a lot of important information in there because between New Hampshire General Court and New Hampshire House criminals, there's enough in there to shut down any court times 100. And I, 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 I give it right to people. And to be honestly, I mean, honest with, with you, uh, seriously, the only people that have a hard time with the information are people who don't want to read. Granted, I don't want you to read an Encyclopedia Britannica, but you have to read enough to, to comprehend the philosophy, as I've been hammering tonight. And it's probably why I was, you know, just too hyped up tonight, because the last couple of three days has been, I'm not going to get into it, but I've been pretty fired up. I'm getting tired of watching people screw up my country for my my family, my relatives, my friends, my fellow countrymen. And and what are they doing? They're doing it, and they're screwing up things for their family and their countrymen. Bar attorneys, okay? And that's who U.S. is. It's the Bar Association. Why? Granted, the Freemasons are involved in it, but that's who they are, okay? It's the bar. It's British Admiralty Maritime Law of the Sea dragged on land here. And unlawfully. And quite honestly, I blame the people 49 to 50%, depending on the mood. If I'm talking to them, I blame them 51%. Behind their back, I I only blame them 49 The other way around. So you have, um, uh, I have Kitchen Treasure, all capital letters. Sounds like it's all cooking, but it isn't. It's all about toxins, GMO, chemtrails, uh, radiation poisoning. Like I noticed that Brian and I have, we like something at the same time. It's a a radio device that you carry with you to create a a grid, a network of uh, radios so that your cell phone works no matter where you are without cell service. Just bear in mind, don't keep the damn thing on all the time, you know, because that's work, that has the same basic philosophy and function as a bunch of smart meters. Because what the smart meters do, you must be wondering, well, if it's a radio control device, how does it get back to the power company? Well, that's easy because all those smart meters are all interconnected. Your neighbors go through yours and yours goes through your neighbors. And you're radiating the shit out of yourself. And they have those big towers. And those big towers, uh, it's all in kitchen treasure. And most importantly, fake news versus fake news in quotation marks. So it's fake news versus fake news. That'll come up. Those big, huge towers that you see with all those power lines, when they start zapping people through the smart meters and their, and their electrical appliances that are all Wi-Fi now, um, they're going to basically be able to really stick you in a microwave, okay? 
Um, I have a friend who lives off-grid, and I mean off-grid, not just off-power. And his house doesn't have 110 volt lines running all through it. It has a few, but he shuts the whole house off at night. You know, you go to bed, you set your alarm clock, shut off a light or two. He kills his he, he, he kills his breakup. He kills his Wi-Fi. He kills everything. He sleeps at night better than he ever did. And that's what we all need to do. And I got kicked off of a, probably why I'm in jail again. I got kicked off a off-grid page. I never, what I did was I posted how to shut your property taxes off and in two sections. Next thing you know, the whole place was beating me up, except for maybe five or six of the members. And the administrator threw me off. Well, because, as as a friend of mine explained, even the administrator was a troll. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to pull you out. They don't want you to go off grid. They don't want you to know how. All they talked about is how they're going to go to jail if they stop paying property tax. Well, Well, David, 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 let me tell you about something. It's all going off grid. <clears throat> my mom being down here, um, she's sleeping in my other bedroom. And that bedroom was the room that I used to make all my organite stuff with, right? And I set her up a salt lamp in there uh, next to the bed and everything where she sleeps at. And she came to me today. She said, you know, Brian? She says, I don't know what it is, but I have never slept the way that I am sleeping in your freaking room now. She said, normally, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fall asleep and I'll just crash. But she goes, for some reason now, I am like, I have a deep sleep. And she said, I don't know, I don't know why that is. And I just kind of giggled to myself. It's like, I, I know why it is. You've got all that organite in there and the salt lamp and everything next to you. I thought that was just so funny. Go ahead. Well, it's just, you know, you, maybe you should be doing the same thing in the auto. All right, you know. Um, I do. And also, I do. Also, uh, yeah. I see the salt lamp on online. But, um, we forgot how we're supposed to live. We, we forgot. And, and I have a page called Dairy, London Dairy, New Hampshire, um, political forum. And you'll, you'll see what I'm doing in there. If you have an idea of what's going on, you'll see where I'm going in there. I'm basically, uh, it, it, it gets a little bit more attention than my other New Hampshire pages because it's general. A lot of people don't want to contribute because I'm guessing that they don't know how. Because when you start talking to your local neighborhood about things, you're going to find out that you're not talking to people from tactical poverty. You're going to be talking to people who think, you know, you should be a psychiatrist because everything they think comes right out of... um, Fox 5 bubblehead uh, it, it sat in at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, 
um, it's, it's a tougher challenge. So I have to leave some things out and, and include some things with written opinions, but it's a good page to get into and to watch. Uh, I have a, a, a page, a pair of pages. One is called Fail Satan. And I stole the idea from Hail Satan. I'm not a Hail Satan kind of a guy. So I, I created Fail Satan. And right next to it in, 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 in the world of where it is, is uh, it's called Flat Earth Distraction. And they're kind of overlapping a little bit, but you can see the difference if you spend time in them. Um, I'm still trying to figure out where the flat earth thing got started, but uh, either way, um, I think what they're trying to do is to hide a lot of things because people are doing their own research. They're finding out that what's in the Bible is BS and uh, they're finding out what a lot of people believe is BS. Sort of like one of the things that people have heard me question about the government of the United States of America. I don't know where the Yahweh thing came from. Uh, or I know where it came from, but not necessarily in agreement with whoever started it. But, um, the Old Testament God is none other than the bad guy. So that's Yahweh, Yahweh. And then um, there's every week there's more and more and more information on that coming out. Now the flat earth distraction is also tied in with that, uh, like fail Satan, because what we have is we have bad people who are trying to take over the world and the worst people, the people that are letting them. I, I have great contempt for people who sit back and and don't do anything. So when you read Hidden History, you're liable to be pissed off and provoked if you support Zionism. And then you have Christian Zionism, which is about as sensible as sovereign citizens because they're murdering Christians like no tomorrow. And today... Or yesterday? Yesterday. Well, we Israelis had to shoot down a drone that was Syrian used and created by Iran. We have the right to survive. If I could have got a fly swatter through my through the TV that was in the other room, I would have been donking net and jackass off the head with it because Israel Inc is selling and marketing Syrian minerals and land for oil drilling that uh, doesn't belong to them at all. It belongs to Syria. And I can't stand them. I know too much about it. And anything to do with Israel is wrong. Anybody who supports it is delusional. And they, I can make sure that they comprehend that in short order. And if you want to stop supporting genocide and a lot of the Palestinians that are getting killed are Christians, get off the Federal Reserve System. Just take an X-lax, poop it out. Get rid of it. Get rid of it out of your mind. 
And that's why I recommend Federal Reserve Act remedies. I also have a page called Own Your Land. And I have a page that's dedicated for committees. One is the land title, the other one for clean water. But, I mean, I have a lot of pages. And uh, I even have a page called Neat Stuff. <laughs> Type in Neat Stuff. You want to bring your heart rate below 1,000 beats a minute after you've been reading some of the shit that I talk about. Um, go to Neat Stuff, and you can look at some neat stuff. You know, different abstract subjects, fun things. I have a page called Farm Living. I have a page called Bees, Wax, and Honey. Um, I'm remembering pages as I'm naming pages. <laughs> How sick is that? Um, well, that's, farm living I, I wanted you to. I wanted you to bring it up, and that way people could look at those pages and stuff. Because that's important. I mean, there's a lot of great info in those in those pages. Um, oh yeah. I, I mean, I've only got like freaking, I've only got like three groups, but that's because all the stuff can kind of be fit into one of them. You know, well, so. you don't have obsessive compulsive disorder like I do, but I know I have it. I own my problem. Um, well, I, I I'm not. Get... I'm not a nut. I'm not a nut job like you. That's right. But then I know that I'm, I am, so that makes it easier for everyone around me. Like, I'm a clean freak. I'm not going to tell you you better clean that up. I'm just going to go over there and clean it up myself. So, you know. But well, I, I say that with very little love. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, you know, you know, you know that. I, uh, well, you know, you got to love each other. We're all each other's keepers. I love my fellow man, which means women. And, 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 and we, that's, we, 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 I, I'm not into me. Me means nothing. Okay? It doesn't. It means nothing. If you're focused on you, you, you know, good luck to you. I'm not going to say you're bad, but people that are focused on themselves, like I'm watching an argument today on Facebook going on between two people that you can drown them both by throwing a mirror into a goddamn swimming pool. And, and all they're doing is criticizing what people say. Now, when you dig information and you research, sometimes your stuff has a percentage or a greater percentage of some inaccurate stuff. Well, that's how it works when you're the one digging. You know, anyone could sit back in their living room with their arms on potato chips and dip while they're watching football and start screaming at the quarterback. You know, we're the ones digging through all the crap. And the other thing, too, is, is we also learn that the stuff that's not true, sometimes it turns out to be true in another way or it helps you dig something else. So we'll take it all. You know, I'll take the banana and the skin. You never know. So, and uh, I have a page called We Build, and uh, it's related to different things you can build if you're into woodworking. I've been a carpenter since I was a very young man, and even though I spent my life in the optical industry, um, 
I never abandoned my, my carpentry and woodworking business. I used to stack up massive amounts of weeks and vacation time and spend them working to drag in extra money because, you know, I like to blow money on things. But um, there are going to be more pages with specific things. And um, what you, you need to do is to learn how to own your land. And the reason I'm pushing this so much right now is because if you don't own your land, you don't have anything. And you don't. You don't have a place that you can call your own. Because if you live in an apartment, you can say, well, I'm free and easy. I got an apartment. But the police can come in there and kick your door down because the apartment is commercial. So I recommend you get your own land and learn how to buy it. You're prepaid. Uh, I'm going to be getting into that subject too. A friend of mine uh, is this week, he's going to be endorsing his birth certificate over to the county treasurer. And then it has to go the, the circle going to go through every Federal Reserve Bank. They're going to balance the books. They're going to pay your bills, your, your tax debt liability, wherever it may be. And then it gets to the point where you can start accessing your ability to offset debt and credit. And that's one of the good things of correcting your status. However, that brings up another subject of how we do the estate transfer through the government of the United States of America. And I have to find out what they're doing and what they're not telling me when I ask questions, which means nothing. It just means that I have questions to be answered. Because I, I don't right, like David. to tell people. I was going to say, it's uh, time to freaking move on. I, I want to close the call out, actually. But it's all about learning about who you are, where you're really from, where you're really at. I mean, you figure those things out, you're going to answer a lot of things. Yeah. And that's actually what David's talking about right here. And being able to freaking discharge the debt. You've got to know your position. If you don't know your position, you're not going to be able to do it. You have yeah. to have the standing. It's all about, um, it's yeah. totally about standing. And yeah, you got to know who you are. That, yeah, you have to know who you are. It's, it's, it's status and standing. And if, if you don't correct the status, you're not going to have the standing, period. That's what it's. I'm going I'm to close yeah, this call out. And uh, we'll continue to talk afterwards. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit